I got Jake back. I got Handy Greg back. We're here to talk about some Manscaped. Guys, What's going on, guys? I man, I don't know. I got, I just got clean shaven balls, Jake. That's all. That's what's going on. Dude, me too. Me too. Shiny as fuck too. Shiny. Mine are shiny as fuck too. I named my left ball. I've renamed them. My left ball is Mister Clean, and my right one is Moby. You wouldn't these things. <laughs> they are shined the fuck up, Jake. And summer is coming. And are you guys ready to unveil your beach bot? I'm fucking strutting around naked right now. Yeah, man. I'm ready to fucking hit that beach again. That's the thing about me. Did you say hit that bitch again? Jake, what are you doing over there? <laughs> Jake, I, we're talking about, we're talking about summer bodies. I'm not talking about domestic violence. No, the beach, the beach. I, I've been able to do the other thing even with the quarantine, but I, <laughs> the beach, it's been a long time. Ah, hit the beach, hit the beach. Greg, are you ready to show off that beach bot? I am. I mean, that, that's the thing about, about man groomer. You know, I, I actually, ha- it's like I have a new life now because I'm pube free. I mean, I've been carrying around quite a flock of pubes for a long time until I discovered man groomer. And I asked myself, why, why did I let my life go so long without having a, 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 a clean set of balls? And the reason why is because shaving my balls was never pleasurable until I discovered man groomer. It changed everything. It's changed everything. Manscaped has changed the game. You guys are in luck. Our friends at Manscaped, they just launched their fourth generation performance package, which includes the lawnmower 4.0. You heard that right. The 4.0 complement your dad bod or six pack with a trim from the leaders in male grooming. The sun is shining and it's going to be shining on your balls. Join the two million men worldwide who trust Manscaped and get ready for hot guy summer by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with the code PCL20. Guys, are you ready for hot guy summer? Yeah, dude, I got one of those giant 80s boomboxes on my shoulder right now. I'm pumped for hot guy summer. Dude, for me, it's going to be Top Gun Volleyball. And you know what? If Uh. one of my balls, like, accidentally comes out of my short shorts, my John Stark shorts... I'm not going to be embarrassed because those things are going to be cleanly shaven. I'm on to you. You're going to be making it slip out on purpose. Uh, you know that's true. So get your fucking cameras out. Guys, we've all been watching. This is the, the, you know, we've all been watching this new Loki show where there are these timekeepers who protect the sacred timeline. Manscaped, they are like the ball keepers shaving your sacred pubic hairline. Wouldn't you agree? (laughs) Yeah, that's the best metaphor I've heard for it yet. Absolutely. Absolutely. Manscaped, they are the all-knowing ball shavers of the world. It's time to bundle up with Manscaped Performance Package 4.0. Inside the package, you're going to find the Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, the Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, Crop Reviver Toner, Performance Boxer Briefs, and a travel bag to hold all your goodies. First off, the new Performance 4.0 package includes the Lawnmower 4.0. The trimmer is awesome, and it, it is the best ball trimmer out there. It's actually the only thing that I trust with my balls these days. I'm not going back to the old razor, the old Bic, the old Bic that's going to cut up your dick. As, as we put it here on, on, as we say it on PCL, the, the, the fourth generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents. 
thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. The 4.0 has a 7,000 RPM motor. That's something that Dom Toretto from Fast and Furious would be impressed by. If he looked under the hood of a fucking Manscaped trimmer and he saw that 7,000 RPMs, he's like, oh my god, I live my life a half a mile at a time and I can't wait to shave my balls a half an inch at a time, is what he would say, Jake. <laughs> yeah, no need for nitro canisters underneath the Manscaped lawnmower 4.0. Take your time. You don't have to worry about that. Take your time because you don't have to worry about the battery going out on you on a 4.0. A new multifunction on-off switch can engage a travel lock and gives you the ability to turn the 4000K LED spotlight on and off when needed for a more precise shave. 4,000K LED spotlight, Jake. Remember that movie with Antonio Banderas, the 33 of those coal miners? Now, gold, they were gold miners, and they got stuck in that fucking cave in Chile. I famously don't remember this movie. Eh, it's a real fucking movie. I'll tell you one thing. If they had the Manscaped 4.0, they would have been able to see each other and shave their balls. They still would have died, Jake, but they would have had shaven balls. I mean, that's way better. You're going to have that open casket funeral. I mean... I guess the underwear probably won't be off, but just in case, you don't you don't want heavy ass balls. Yeah, they, hey, some of those guys might have been members of a nudist colony. They might do things differently there, Jake. Yeah, no judgment. Yeah, no judgment. No judgment on my end. Uh, did I mention this trimmer is waterproof too? That means Aquaman himself could shave his balls in Atlantis, Jake. Oh yeah, and the, the newer Aquamans, they have to have hairy balls. Like the Jason Momoa Aquamans of the world, there's no way they don't need a lawnmower 4.0. No shit, I bet he's got seahorse and other crustaceans all stuck up in that shit, man. With a 4.0, he's gonna set those fuckers free. I don't know what's more dangerous, Jake. Those fucking plastic rings that are around the soda bottles, or fucking Jason Momoa's pubes that probably killed more fucking sea life. You know what I mean? But with the 4.0, he's saving sea life creatures, Jake. These little seahorses can, like, go on free about their way. Yeah, save the fucking turtles. Get yourself some Manscaped. (laughs) (laughs) Want to take your grooming game even further to the next level? The Performance Package 4.0 also includes the Weed Whacker to chop your worst weeds up up top in your nose and ear. Greg, tell me about your experience with the Weed Whacker, the waterproof weed whacker that uses hold on hold on 9000 rpm motor powered 360 degree rotary dual blade system so when you just start to get a little older it's kind of like going through puberty a second time because hair starts just appearing in places where there wasn't hair before so i was actually hanging out with my wife about it's probably about eight nine months ago and she notices that she thinks there's like a a hair stuck to my ear, like a long white hair that just somehow got stuck to my ear. Like maybe it's maybe a, a dog hair. That that hair was growing out of my ear. It was growing out of my ear. It was like a three inch long hair growing out of my ear. Hold on, every, a, a fucking long white hair was growing out of your ear. A single long white hair. I had a three inch white hair growing out of the edge of my ear. I'm just sitting relaxing with my wife, hanging out, having fun. I think there's like a dog hair stuck to my ear or something like that. My wife points it out. She tugs it a little bit. It's attached to my ear. It's on my ear. It's growing out of my ear. So ever since then, I've been diligent about shaving my ears. But if you fuck up shaving your ears, you think it's painful nicking your balls. And trust me, it is painful. When you cut your ear, your earlobe, because that skin is so tight, it does not feel good. You need a good ear shaver. 
and the, the 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 weed whacker is the best nose and ear trimmer I have ever had. It's actually got a much larger cylinder than I've seen. Um, it's it's the only nose and ear hair trimmer I've ever used that doesn't pull the hair out. Again, trust me, that's not a good feeling. I'm actually revving it up right now. I don't know if you can hear that. Can you hear that? I do hear it. You know, one thing about the Weed Whacker, and it's a very small thing, but I really like how it's got the slightest curve to it. It really makes it feel natural. Because I've used other electric nose shavers, and it just feels like you're using your left hand if you're right-handed trying to write something. Just It's so straight up and down and rigid that it just does not feel natural. But the, the Weed Whacker has the slightest little curve where it just feels, glides right in there and scoops it around and... Yeah, it's the best electric nose hair trimmer I've ever had, too. Jake, I thought, I personally thought that that curve was to make me not feel self-conscious about my dick leaning one way. So, (laughs) it's good. (laughs) That is good to know. Uh, you know, you talked about, like, not cutting the ear and stuff like that. That's what's awesome about this fucking nose trimmer, is the fact that the ear hair trimmer provides proprietary skin-safe technology which helps prevent nicks, snags, and tugs in those delicate holes. So, yeah, pretty awesome. Super easy to clean, too. I mean, you just snap the top off. It comes with a nice little brush to scoop the hairs out. I mean, the whole process took less than 30 seconds. Seal the deal with Manscaped's liquid formulations before heading outside. Use Crop Preserver, ball deodorant to keep on your game in the heat. Then after trimming the lawn and whacking the weeds in the heat, give your beach balls a boost and use Crop Reviver. Manscaped even threw in two free gifts to their Performance Package 4.0, the Manscaped Boxers and the Shed Travel Bag. Bring your comfort and boxers to another level. Guys, this is an awesome package, and you can get it at manscaped.com and get 20% off with free shipping with the code PCL20 at manscaped.com. I'm telling you guys, it, I am, I am just amazed at the quality of the trimmer. Everything that comes in this entire package is absolutely amazing. Yeah, it's great. And I mean, it's worth checking out the combo packs. You, you save some money on buying the stuff individually. And if you just get the lawnmower 4.0, chances are once you use it, you're going to be back looking for some of the accessories. So save yourself some money and time and just get that ultimate package right away. When you guys created this podcast, did you ever imagine you'd inspire people everywhere to exfoliate their balls? Yes. Yeah, it's been one of our mission statements since the first hundred episodes, I believe. Absolutely. Manscaped's making that possible. And they thought of everything. Summer is coming up. Guys, I never thought about putting deodorant on my fucking balls. And Manscaped did. Like, this is something that I'm going to be incorporating into, like, my daily routine from now on. I mean, it it just makes sense. This stuff, the products, these guys know what they're doing. Go to Manscaped.com. Use the code PCL20. 20% off free shipping, and you get everything in this entire package that we discussed today. It's awesome. Yeah, check it out, everybody. It's very, very nice stuff. We wouldn't talk about it if it wasn't. Episode 384. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat, but it's all been done before. We don't want to be a copycat. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. Dropped by the cool kids. It's a trap. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, can't erase it, let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over, counterculture, push over, pop culture. Leftovers, uncool kids, what's the 
You're listening to the only podcast with the balls to bite a radioactive spider. It's Pop Culture Leftovers. Five, five four, four, three, three two, two, one. Hey, welcome to Pop Culture Leftovers, the only podcast that sounds even better the second day after it's been uploaded. I'm Brian. I'm Jake. And, and we're the, the leftovers. leftovers. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, dude. I don't know, man. I don't know. Yeah, you don't know. What don't you know? Uh, dude, we were talking before we started recording. We were talking about chicken sandwiches and all this shit, man. I fucking, I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm gonna try. I saw it. It was out at Sam's Club. I was like, fuck it. I'm gonna try it. They've got these things called nugs. Those fucking vegan chicken nuggets. Have you ever seen those? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've not tried them though. I'm excited to hear what you thought. Well, they fuck on the on the package. It's got a it's got a chicken looking at a at a human hand that's handing the nugget. What the fuck is that noise? What is going on over there? That was me muting my laptop. Sorry. Jesus, <laughs> muting your laptop is it, it's noisy as shit, Stephanie. <laughs> I thought someone did the old put your finger in your mouth like pop your chin. Yeah, that thing. Yeah, that. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, why? Hold on. Never mute again if that's what I got to listen to. <laughs> I, th- I thought there was like a leaky faucet or something. No, we've no. Seriously, guys, we've got two guests tonight. We've got one guest who's already on the naughty list. And we got one. Seriously. And then we got one guest who's going to get the gold star right now because I haven't introduced the guest. They're not muting with fucking drip drop droplets or whatever the fuck was going on over there. I don't even know what the fuck that was. I'm trying to, I'm trying to tell a serious story about vegan nuggets. <laughs> Sorry. Some of our listeners are, they're, they're hanging on my every word and then all of a sudden they're like, what the fuck? Is there a leak in here? <laughs> some, there's some girl out there who thought she was getting urinated on by R. Kelly again. <laughs> and it's all your fault, yeah, Stephanie. Gonna have to put a trigger warning at the beginning of this episode. Yeah, no shit. No shit. If you were pissed on by R. Kelly. <laughs> Listen with discretion. <laughs> yeah, let's just let's bring on another guest here. I'll talk about these fucking nuggets. Welcome back, Matt Kirby. Hey guys, how you doing? Good, man. Good to have you, man. This is it's a this is a good episode to have you on, man. We got a lot of fun shit to talk about this one. Yeah, looking forward to it. All right, Stephanie. What the fuck? Hi. <laughs> yeah. So the the fucking the package. I think they're called nugs, Jake. And the package. Yeah, with two G's, right? With no, it's just an S. Okay. Okay. Yeah, N U G G S. And then it's it's got a chicken. He's looking at a human hand who's actually handing him a nugget, as if to say, even you could eat me. Not the human it's a hand. Up way to go. It is a fu- it, no. It's I don't, it's a fucked up looking picture. When you, yeah, that it would is. be kind of confusing for the chicken, right? right well, <laughs> well, kind of, I guess. <laughs> Nuggets actually don't look like any part of a chicken, though, Matt. Okay. It's it's basically they've just taken all the shit from the chicken, 
that nobody eats and like the beak and all that. <laughs> I know what fucking nugget looks like. Jesus Christ! <laughs> no, I'm talking about the co- the the inner contents of a nugget. Like it's. I know they're just they're, they're beaks and anus. It yeah, it's it's like the bologna meat of chicken. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and so I tried these things, Jake. It ain't fooling anybody, man. If you're a meat eater, if you eat chicken, man, it ain't fooling anybody. There's this, it, 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 it tries to confuse your brain for a second, tries to confuse your taste buds, and then you're just like, man, this is just not chicken. I ended up eating, like, maybe, like, I forced myself to eat maybe, like, half of them, and then I was just like, you know what, fuck this. Fuck, fuck these veggies, this veg- vegetable chicken, and I just threw it away. Yeah. No dipping sauces helped. What? Well, oh, you're fine, Steph. Well, uh, at least it wasn't droplets. That's all I gotta say. <laughs> Sorry, Jake. What was it? Did you say condiments and shit like ketchup? Yeah, yeah, that didn't help. Nah, I mean, yeah, I mean, it helps a little bit. It helps. It helps get them down. You know, because <laughs> <laughs> it. <laughs> so. So is it was it plant based or vegetarian? I, th- I believe it, I, I believe they're plant based, aren't they, Jake? See, I've, yeah, I've had a plant-based burger, and that was really, really nice. Really? And I've had plant-based, plant-based chicken pieces, like, but it's like cold. Yeah. So, you like, and I have it in a sandwich. That was really nice. Did you get it at a restaurant, or did you get it? From no, I fu- had it. I'd had it at home and cooked it up. Everybody's taste buds are different, man. I don't know. Yeah, but I hate vegetables. I'm, I'm, I, I, if I can't eat meat, I would cry myself to sleep every night. Oh, I love vegetables. <laughs> some of my favorite. I hate them. So, like some of my like 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 the main protein at like you know uh, you know uh, Thanksgiving and 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 you know Christmas and all the you know different meals and shit. I like the sides most of the time, like the veggie sides. So I yeah, like. The, I'm, right, I'm right there with you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The mashed potatoes, the green beans, the carrots. Oh, green oh, bean man. casserole. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Even, oh. Turkey, the stuffing, the pigs in blankets, the bacon. <laughs> <laughs> you, you are a carnivore, mister. <laughs> I'm going to start calling you Matt Curbivore. Oh, nice. <laughs> Matt Curbivore and Stephanie Drip Drip. <laughs> that sounds really pornographic, Jake. <laughs> it's, well, it sounds like a porno name that someone just gave up on, doesn't it? <laughs> wow, you not step into this at all, yeah. Oh my. <laughs> Stephanie. <laughs> Stephanie Drip Drip and Big Dick McGee. <laughs> no, the, the old Curbivore. <laughs> Alright. That was fun. <laughs> Guys, we, we've got, now that we've made Stephanie uncomfortable, <laughs> let, <laughs> you know, she was owed after she made us uncomfortable with that fucking drip drip bullshit. That's when you, I that's, felt you know, when, when you're watching a porn and you hear that noise, you know who's coming on screen. <laughs> Drum roll, please. Yeah. <laughs> Her signature noise. <laughs> oh, fuck. I didn't know this was a fucking drip drip episode. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Anyway, we've got some winners that we've got to go over from last week's contest, and this is for the sports movie with Lawrence Fishburne and Milo Gibson, and it's called Under the Stadium Lights, and it's a movie that makes me enunciate, apparently, when I talk about people's names. When I say Lawrence Fishburne, Milo Gibson, <laughs> I enunciate in an odd way when I announce this contest. So let's go over those winners Got five winners who are going to win digital copies of this movie. And the first winner is going to be, as soon as I can fucking get this, there we go. Boom. There we go. Who do we got? Who do we got? Steven Chavez, the first winner All for right. Under the Stadium Lights. Also, if we're going to find out, number two is going to be Monica Garola. <laughs> Gee. <laughs> The movie collection just gets bigger and bigger. <laughs> no shit, man. <laughs> Next winner is Alfredo Tostado. <laughs> we're just going through the we're going we're going through the greatest hits, dear Jake. This is the greatest hits. <laughs> All right, no, is this number four, Jake? Yeah, Larry Mayday. Yeah, Adam Cornett. It's Mark Fiala. It's Mark Fiala. It's not any of those. That's a new one, isn't it? I've, I know the name. I've seen the name before, and I don't know. I don't know if he's won before. But Mark Fiala, you are. He, he you broke the, you broke the. Uh, what was what, the uh, chain? Broke my brain. Apparently, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you sent me into early dementia. Thank you, Mark Fiala. <laughs> All right, and the last one, last winner. It's uh, see here, Jason Feld. Jason right. Feld down and can't get up. <laughs> Someone call life alert for Jason. Hopefully, you can lift your head up to watch this movie. Yes, yes. Make sure What's you. What sport are they playing under the stadium lights? Football. Yeah, it's a football movie, <laughs> man. Okay. I know. I guess it could be baseball. I guess it could be. It was one. Of, it was one of the two. Yeah, one of the two. Everybody else just has to play in the fucking dark. <laughs> <laughs> that would make sports more exciting. I'd love to see hockey with like fucking black lights. And fucking shit. no lights on. I was gonna. I was gonna sue Bruce Springsteen. I was gonna be like, dude, I was dancing in the dark, man, and I fucking, you know, I fucking broke my leg. Do you think do you think I'd be able to take Bruce Springsteen to court with that, Jake? <laughs> I think you need a really good lawyer <laughs> to go up against the boss. To go up against the boss with that defense, I bet I bet he'd be scared. He'd be want to he'd want to settle out of court. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, <laughs> I know. Just trying to think of good Bruce Springsteen puns, but it's like Born to Run and Born in the USA and. None of that was funny. Yeah. None, none of the previous stuff that I said was funny either, Jake. So it's all kind of, <laughs> it all kind of blends together, doesn't it? Oh, man. Guys, we've got, well, go ahead, Jake. I just said touche. Okay. I was going to say Courtney Cox because she was in that video. <laughs> Forgot that. Courtney Cox could also be a porno star. <laughs> She could star along with Drip Drip. They could make out together. And then Big Dick McGee and Curbivore could come in there and just shake things up. 
<laughs> Curvivore only eats meat. Curvivore is like, I got my own. <laughs> I've got my own sausage meat injection for you. <laughs> All right. Got a new contest. I'm really excited about this one. From legendary filmmakers Steven Spielberg and George Lucas comes one of the greatest movie franchises of all time in 4K Ultra HD collected together. All four original Indiana Jones movies have been visually remastered with HDR10 and Dolby Vision and state-of-the-art Dolby Atmos for optimum picture and sound quality just in time to celebrate the 40th anniversary of the adventure that started it all, Raiders of the Lost Ark, dive into the spectacular stunts and groundbreaking effects with over seven hours of special features on one disc, spanning the globe on death-defying archaeological endeavors. If adventures has a name, it must be Indiana Jones. Own it. (laughs) I know I got to say that shit, right? Nice delivery. (laughs) I heard the music when you said it like that. I I heard everyone eye-rolling, Jake. That's what I heard. Uh, Own it now on 4K Ultra HD and Blu-ray from Paramount Pictures, rated PG and PG-13. So, yeah, you can go out out there and buy this now, uh, or you have the opportunity to enter our contest here to win this. Uh, we've got five copies, physical copies that we're going to be sending people in the mail. This is, uh, for U.S. residents only, sadly. Um, but, uh, yeah, send me, I'm going to be, uh, sending out a tweet about this. I'm also going to be putting out a Facebook post. Uh, take a screenshot after you've retweeted it or shared it on Facebook. Send it to comments at Pop Culture Leftovers and, uh, title it Indiana Jones. And uh, you'll be entered into next week's contest where I will be announcing the five winners who will win five copies of this on Blu-ray in HDR10 and Dolby Vision all in 4K, Jake. Yeah, that's dope as fuck, man. All four movies. I, I remember when this set came out on DVD for the first time. It was like 80 bucks. Yeah, yeah. I remember when they first came out on Blu-ray, the first three, like... Uh, Crystal Skull was already out on Blu-ray, but you couldn't mm-hmm. get the first three out in Blu-ray for a while. Yeah, and it was very expensive. So I mean, it's one of our best prizes, all, all four movies. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're we're sorry for Crystal Skull, but the other three make up for it. <laughs> right, right. We had nothing to do with that one. <laughs> we're just giving it away. Yes, we're giving it away. It comes in the set. So, yeah. Um. <laughs> so yeah, enter the contest. We'll go over the winners of that one next week. Super excited for that one, man. I wish, Jake, I wish I could just fucking enter myself into this one. I, I'm not gonna lie, I was thinking about how I could do it the whole time. Matt, I know what you're gonna say. Um, you're not looking forward to the fifth one, are you, with James Mangold, are you? Mm, don't know yet. Oh, really? Jury's out. Jury's out. Jury's out. Why is the jury out? What makes you? What makes you not 100% sure about the fifth one? Well, after the performance of the fourth one. Uh, no, okay, okay. But is there any, <laughs> is, I understand that. I, I think that we're all, I think we're all kind of there. But, I mean, would you rather have Spielberg in? Are you happy that they're getting Mangold? Um, I'm just curious. I don't, I don't know what your thoughts are, so I'm curious. 
I don't think I mind as long as he he sticks to what the what what Indiana Jones was always about, which was adventure and history and archaeology and, and the fun of it, rather than putting George Lucas in there with a fucking alien story like he did in Crystal Skull. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I I still think I'm, Jake. Do you remember the old treatments that they had um, years ago where they were talking about him looking for the Fountain of Youth? Oh yeah, of course. I think what if they they might still go that route, man. Like I wonder if they'll go that route. Um Nazis still cuz like have you seen the photos that have come out? There's like you see like Nazis, Nazi planes or something like that in these photos. Yeah, I think that's good to go back to that Germany time. It's just so weird because uh, like, I don't know if you can go back to the yeah, it's going to be difficult for them to do that, isn't it? After the last one, yeah, it's going to be... not going to look any younger. Yeah, it's it's set in the fifties, unless they de-age him for a scene. Oh, what? And have a flashback back to? Yeah, because we know he's had possibly. Yeah, yeah, he he's had other adventures that they haven't. You know, huh? They could have a flashback, do the classic de-aging. I mean, that could be the first scene in the movie, Jake. With the Nazis, where they go back to the 40s, and maybe maybe there was a time where he was looking for the Fountain of Youth. Maybe that was another thing Hitler was looking for. And now yeah. and now he's got more information about it. Yeah, it'll be really cool when we get a title. I assume a title will be the next big announcement. And the titles, you know, usually Indiana Jones, it's the MacGuffins right there in the title. So Yeah. Stephanie. You know a lot of that stuff. Stephanie, are you a fan of Indiana Jones? Uh, not particularly. I've only seen the first one. I haven't seen any of the others. Okay. Wow. Yeah. If you watch the first one, and you're like, eh, I don't, I'm out. Then I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> that's crazy to me, Jake. That Indiana Jones was like, that's crazy to me. That's that's lunacy. I, like <laughs> Indiana Jones. Is, I was hoping you wouldn't ask me. <laughs> I was like, no, I'm not going to let you get off the hook. Of course not. <laughs> I'm surprised you just didn't play that drip noise again and then like cut out early. <laughs> <laughs> All we hear is bloop, bloop, and she's gone. You know? Oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> you know, that the fourth one, as bad as it is, I, I really don't blame the alien stuff. Like, I think the alien stuff is one of the better things about the movie. Yeah, to me, the big issue with it is the really shoddy special effects. Yeah. The his, monkeys. His yeah. son. The monkeys. And, yeah. And the monkey scene. Yeah. The monkey yeah. scene is the worst scene, and, and it has nothing to do with aliens. By the time we get to aliens, the movie is actually better than it was. What if they would have had the singers, the monkeys, show up? Hey, hey, with the monkeys. <laughs> that like, would have been better. Fucking Mickey Dolans, you know what I mean? Showing up. What's his name? Mike Nesbitt. Nesmith, yeah. Mike Nesmith, yeah. <laughs> Davy Jones. Davy Jones. And then they had the other Davy Jones from the fucking Pirates of the Caribbean movie in the fucking movie. <laughs> Yeah, that really fucked my brain too. They're just no, they're like Indiana Jones multiverse, where like they're introducing characters that you don't want to see from the multiverse in the multiverse. Of Indi- <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just like I had no need for the boy band, the Monkees, to be in this movie, yet they are. And then they pulled Davy Jones in from Pirates of the Caribbean, and I was out after that first movie. Why are you doing this to us, Indiana Jones? <laughs> I could see that. I could see that. Didn't like the chipmunk show up, but it's just Theodore. Like, like, yeah, <laughs> it's just Theodore. Oh fuck, dude! And then like one of the girls, maybe one of the girl chipmunks. I don't know. Um, I totally lost what I was gonna say. Oh, the alien stuff. Yeah, it's like. Um, and you know the, there are crystal skulls, like all the stuff that they tried to bring into 
that movie is you know stuff that that kind of like revolves around like those early crop circles but they were you know what i mean yeah yeah i i actually found that stuff to be quite enjoyable it's yeah it's the action sequences the not so great special effects the reveal of the actual aliens themselves yeah (laughs) see that was the bit that bothered me i didn't mind the the whole theory of it yeah. But it was the reveal at the end. I was like, oh, for fuck's sake, this is just stupid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I get it, man. I get it. it the, the special effects were probably the worst part. I, that's what I loved about, like, the originals is, like, all the practical effects and stuff like that. It's, it's just, like, once we started getting into, like, you know, like, anything kind of post, you know, Phantom Menace, everything over at Lucasfilm just was like reliant on blue screens. Green, especially. green yeah. screen or armor, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it really does not hold up. Like the fourth one is the no. worst looking one. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, oh, uh, real quick, uh, on the podcast, I do like to talk about misunderstood lyrics uh, that, uh, you know, as a kid, you know, or, or, or just even as an adult, like songs where like I heard them wrong and then I was corrected later on in life. And uh, here's one that uh, I had issues with when I was a child. I kept wondering why this woman was talking about uh, large feet. Hold on. Here we go. We got feet. We got feet. We got big feet. We got feet. They keep going on about it. And I was just like, what the fuck? Why is these ladies singing about big feet? Yeah, they're still very quality dancers, even with big feet. Usually that kind of stifles the dancing abilities. <laughs> I don't think I've ever heard that song before. You've never heard oh the... Oh, my God. Really? No. <laughs> Yeah, it's the Go-Go's, man. We got the beats. Fair enough. Yeah. That's wild to me. <laughs> That's the Go-Go's biggest hit, right? I Yeah, I would think so. I don't know. What else did the Go-Go's do? They didn't do Cruel Summer. That's not them, right? No, that's the Bangles, right? Oh, uh, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, I get all those groups confused sometimes. Yeah, we got the beat is it. Like, the next song is called Our Lips Are Sealed, and I don't think I've even heard that. Oh, yes! That's a good one, too. I think I don't think it was as good as we got, We've Got Big Feet, but it was good. How's Our Lips Are Sealed go? Head oh, Over Heels. My lips are sealed. <laughs> oh, Our Lips Are Sealed. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know that one. All right. Yeah. All right. I was like, man, the first time I was just like, fuck, they're singing about feet, now they're singing about their lips! <laughs> Why are they obsessed with human anatomy? I know they're all about Banana Rama is who sings "Cruel Summer." Well, it was Belinda Carlisle's original band, was it? There we go. I learned something new. <laughs> yep, that's right. There we go. That that makes it more. Doesn't mean anything else to me. Matt, Matt's like I. <laughs> Matt's like, finally, I feel like there's a reason for me to be on this episode. Yep. 
Everything else, everything else predating this moment is just nonsensical bullshit being spewed by <laughs> the host, and I got to listen to some drip drop bullshit. This fine. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> Finally, uh, every day is a day. Uh, Boy, guys, we are going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. We're going to go over good pop, bad pop. <laughs> All right, hey, welcome back. Uh, we are now going to be jumping into Good Pop, Bad Pop. It's time for more leftover reviews with Good Pop, Bad Pop. Good Pop, Bad Pop is where we talk about the things in the previous weekend or weeks that we either watched or read. Sometimes we rate these things, and if this is your first time listening, we'd like you to be familiar with our rating system. The rating system is simple. If the leftovers don't like something, they toss it. If they do like something, they suggest you taste it. And if it's brilliant, it gets a Tupperware rating. If all the leftovers love it, then it gets the pinnacle of success, a Tupperware party. All right, first thing I want to talk about, uh, something on my personal list. I, uh, Jake, went to the theater last night and saw Furious 7 for the first time. That's awesome. That's awesome. I'm so I'm, every time I say this, but I'm so jealous of you getting to watch these for the first time all in the theater week after week after week. What an experience! Dude, agreed. I cannot even tell you, like, how amazing, like, this the continuity in this fucking franchise is just absolutely insane that they were able to weave this together the way that they did i don't even know if they had it planned out like this from the start or if they just fucking the people that were writing the story just kind of like put the, it was insane to see scenes from tokyo drift come back into this and 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 see vin diesel go to tokyo and talk to you know what was the character's name from was it luke i can't remember from from Han. To- no, he didn't. Han Han was was killed by Statham. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah he went back and talked to the 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 kid. Um, I can't remember his name, but we got to see that the other main character. Yeah, yes. yeah. He went got, went back and talked to him, and and he gave him some you know what was left you know by Han's body and all this shit. And I was just like, I was just blown away at how like they. They, this is part seven, and they're pulling things from part three. And I was—I I don't, I don't think it was particularly planned. I think that was very clever retconning and using what they've done as a uh, to fuel the next sort of set stories. I, I don't think they would have planned that out in that that far in advance. I, I lean that way too, but it's just—it it just it. The thing is with it, Matt, is like it just works so well. Oh god, yeah. No, I'm, I'm not going <laughs> to yeah. argue with you. It's amazing, but yeah. I don't fit. I think. If they'd have done that, it would have been. It's very, very strange to do Tokyo Drift as your is it the third movie, mm-hmm. and yeah. have that set after four or uh, after five. Yeah, yeah. I, it's it, it, it just it would it would be a weird one. Why wouldn't they Why wouldn't they have done them in 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 order? You know what I mean? Yeah. I I no. I I a hundred percent agree. I feel like they just kind of stumbled into like, okay, we can do this, and and it fucking worked, and it was awesome. And uh, I mean, the one thing that like I was like really kind of like upset that you know the Rock wasn't 
in this one as much, but you know when he came back, I was like super happy. But that fucking fight between him and Statham at the beginning was fucking awesome. Like they made that's the best action scene as far as like the Rock fighting someone I've ever seen. That was hundred percent done so well. Like just those two going at each other was just fucking one of the one of the coolest fight scenes I've seen in a long time, and. That could not be a great scene. I mean, you've got Statham, who's really good at the action stuff. The Rock is like a physical dude, did wrestling and stuff, but he's such a big guy. And to make it that fast and, and, uh, you know, that just the way they move the camera was just incredible. And, um, and then I didn't think you could up the action from like the last one and they did and it was just like it's non-stop fucking action and i loved it they're dropping cars out of the fucking sky with parachutes and shit and then you had that 3.4 million dollar car in that tower in abu dhabi <laughs> and it's fucking just going through that going through the window flying through another fucking skyscraper building through another one i was just like this is incredible and then the last movie Fast Six had uh, uh, Joe Taslam, who I think is an incredible martial artist. This one, they're just like, you know what? We're going to get Tony Jaa for this one. And then we get a fucking incredible fight scene between Tony Jaa and Paul Walker. And Paul Walker did a fucking great job in that fight scene, holding his own against fucking Tony Jaa. I thought that was fucking incredible. And, um, man, just, uh, you know, I know everybody that's been a fan of this franchise. I remember when Paul Walker died and, you know, I... You know, like, I, it's super sad. It was super sad when it happened. But it, you know, these, these movies weren't my favorite movies back then. I was like, I was, you know, like, I liked him in Running Scared. I, I thought he was really, you know, fun in Pleasantville, but I didn't really have like this huge connection with, with Paul Walker. But I feel like watching him every week in these movies in the theater, I've really kind of like gravitated towards him and his character. And, uh, it felt like, man, I felt like I was, like, I know he died years ago, but it felt like I was, I, I was fucking, I was tearing up at the end when, when, when they're, when you're watching his brother play him, um, on the beach and then, and then when they pull up, when he pulls up in the car and he's like, he's like, you know, you, you didn't think I'd let you go without saying goodbye. And I'm just fucking like in the theater and I'm tearing up and it, you know, at the end it says for Paul and they show all of the, scenes of like him in the previous movies and and uh it just it's it's just very sad that he's not with us anymore and um kind of it's it, it was kind of fucked up for me because it's like i'm really coming to this late in the game and like i'm getting flooded with all these feelings about uh you know his passing years later and it, it's really just because i've been going to the theater every week and watching him in these movies and really falling in love with his character and then and then having to say goodbye to him. Like, I know when I watch, you know, Fate of the Furious next week, you know, he's not going to be in it. And, and that really stinks. I, um, I'm going to be renting. Ooh, I got goosebumps and chills just hearing you talk about it. Like, and they, they handled it so well. Like, if you compare it to, like, how they handled, like, Terry Fisher's death yeah. in the Star Wars movies, like, it's yeah, they, and oranges. They killed They did it with longer. real respect. They did. Right? I mean, you could, you could really see it. It yeah. was. And I, I, I'm with you, Brian. I mean, I only watched the watched the fast films last year during lockdown. It was the first time I'd seen them, and I've watched them twice since. Yeah, because I fucking love all those films. They just 
ridiculous and amazing and awesome. And I felt the same way when 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 that was Paul Walker's final movie. It was very poignant and very well handled at the end. These movies, um, these movies want to. They just they want to entertain you. They want oh, to. Good, yeah. They just want to show you fast cars, and they and they want to show you incredible stunts. And they I, there is. Dude, there is so much testosterone in these movies. I think, like, when I walk out, I think I'm going to have two dicks. Like, <laughs> the, I... You might be a three-dick number eight. <laughs> I I am absolutely in love with this franchise. Um, I, I... I... And I, the thing is that... that Another thing I kept thinking about is how much I love Roman. Roman is so... Tyrese is so funny... And I keep thinking to myself, like, a lot of people give him flack, I guess, for, like, wanting to do the spinoff of Ludacris. And after watching these movies and how funny they are together, I think that I think those would be pretty fun movies. I love Tez. I think Tez is a great character. I wouldn't be opposed to seeing those two in uh, in a spinoff. Jake, is that something that is frowned upon in the in the fast community is a, is a spinoff with with Tez and Roman? I don't think it's so much frowned upon. I, I think Tyrese gets a lot of lot of clowning just due to the fact that he doesn't have much of an acting career outside of these movies. These movies kind of are what carry him financially, so he's a little bit of butt of that joke. I think the feud with him and The Rock that's been very public has made it really easy for people to think people love to choose sides. You know sure. how that yeah, is. Yeah. Marvel, DC, Star Wars, Star Trek, blah, 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 blah. And I think it's made it very easy for people to become Team Rock and just like to put Tyrese down. Um, but honestly, I, I agree with you. I think if they made that movie with Tyrese and Ludacris, I think I think it would do gangbusters, and I think it would be a fun movie. I think it would be Fast and Furious meets Bad Boys. Yeah, yeah. yeah I could totally I could see that. that. You could... You could you know, it could still be just as action-packed and kinetic, but you can kind of lower the plot standard that's down a little bit, you know, where it's not some kind of world technology domination <laughs> thing going on. Or, yeah. You know, just kind of bring it back down to, like, the five level where you're doing, like, heist for whatever reason. Yeah, yeah. And, and here's the thing. Uh, back to Paul Walker. This week I'm going to be renting. You can rent it. I think it's, like, on uh, – on uh, you can rent it on Apple – um, you can rent it on Vudu, and it's called I Am Paul Walker. It's they, they've made. There's a series of these movies. There's I Am Heath Ledger. There's I Am Chris Farley, and it basically goes through like the life of the person. And uh, I watched the trailer for I Am Paul Walker, and they show him at a very young age, and uh, it it talks about him, him personally, his family, what he meant to his family, interviews with his family. And, uh, I'm gonna either rent it, it's like five bucks to rent, or you can buy it for ten bucks. Um, I'm gonna be watching that this week. I, I was so moved by the end of Furious 7. And, yeah, I mean, so, people that are thinking that these, oh, these are just, you know, these big stupid popcorn movies with fast cars and, and, uh, you know, these, it's, it's just a testosterone fueled, you know, high octane action film. Man, there's a heart at the end of this movie. There's a, and Jake, you compared it to like the way they handled, you know, Carrie Fisher. Like, there's way, you're absolutely right, dude. There's way more heart in Furious 7 and the way they handled Paul Walker's death. Like, this guy was so, like, he was a cornerstone of this franchise, man. And I can't imagine everybody going on set and, I, and I, can't, I was thinking that when I was watching the beach scene and I was watching the scene with, with Vin Diesel. I, you could feel it, man. You could feel 
feel how emotional they were when they were giving those lines. I felt like those lines, even from Tyrese, like it was all coming from like a place of like, we miss you, Paul. Like it's not going to be the same going forward. You know, Fate of the Furious, like when we do the eighth movie, it's going to feel weird. It's going to feel sad. There's going to be something missing from this franchise going forward. A huge piece of this franchise and just a great person is not with us anymore, man. And it, it really fucking hit he's me. Missed. He's missed. The eighth movie is very good, but he's definitely missed. I, I think nine will have a lot going for it to where it has a movie in between where it's just not instantly like this absence of Paul Walker. Yeah. Walker, you know? Yeah, man, and, that, that scene, that scene where that fucking bus is getting ready to go off that cliff and he's running up that motherfucker. I loved it. <laughs> Those movies are so much fucking fun. Yeah. And, I mean, honestly, to double down on what I said with the Fast and Star Wars like thing, I think Fast and the Furious even had it harder off than, than Star Wars did. They were, you know, three quarters of the way of filming a movie when they had to deal with this situation. Whereas, like, the Star Wars people, they were on ground zero. Like, they had a whole movie to write. Like, J.J. knew that he had to address this thing. It wasn't like he had to scotch tape together a brand new plot because 75% of her scenes have been filmed. Like, you think they would have had an easier job yeah. of being more respectful and, you know, bringing more feeling. Because, honestly, I never once get the warm and fuzzy feelings in Rise of Skywalker with what they do with Carrie Fisher, where in Fast 7, I'm just, like, literally bawling. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, when it... when it, I mean, the, I, I, the, the last, like, 10 minutes... The last 10 minutes, man. And, like, I... I thought that they were just going to end on the beach scene, even though I had seen pictures of him in the car years ago in articles where they talked about his brother. Yeah, you just weren't thinking about I it. I wasn't thinking about it. And then when I saw the two cars, I was like, oh, my God, they're doing it, dude. And I, I'm just like, I'm like, I'm tearing up. And I'm just like, oh, my God, this is so. And I could hear other people, like, uh, even reacting um, in the theater that I was in. Um, I think the most people showed up for this movie, uh, out of the, uh, out of all the weeks that they've been doing, uh, these fast, uh, Friday screenings. This had the largest crowd that I've seen show up for, for these Fast and Furious movies. And man, it was, um, this is, it, this was a, it was a powerful film because of that moment. Everything leading up to that was just like fun and popcorn. And just explosions and, and amazing fights, like. But man, that the ending is—they just—they could have not—they could not have done it any uh, better. Just a beautiful tribute to to Paul Walker. I can't wait to watch that documentary this week, Jake. If if I rent that, have you seen it? Have you seen I Am Paul Walker? No, no, I would love to. I would love to. I'll give you. Yeah, ac- I mean, I'll give you access to it. It might be cheesy to say, but I really love the Wiz Khalifa song. Like, it really that song is really connected to that movie to yeah. me. Like in a way that like the Brian Adams song is connected to Robin Hood. It's like that. Just the way that songs aren't connected to movies very often these days. Like in the last fifteen years, yeah. I, I think. I think it's really cool when like a, a big song is written for a movie instead of just a song that already exists is like slapped into a movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So Furious Seven, I'm uh, going to see Fear, uh, Fate of the Furious next week, and this all leads to F Nine, and I, 
and then I'll I'll be all caught up, Jake, and it's it's kind of sad that I'm like getting towards the end of this whole run, man. I'm super hyped though because for the first time ever, we're gonna be able to talk about a brand new Fast and the Furious movie right after it comes out. It, it, that's gonna be really fun. Like I'm super hyped to review Fast Nine with you now. Yeah, I this has been the, I I could not have told you. Uh, when I first started this kind of like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go to the theater and watch this every week, all leading up to F9, I could not have told you at the beginning of this that I would feel like, at, tw- coming towards the end of this, that I would feel like so attached with all these characters. Like, I- I'm not gonna lie, I knew it would happen. I, well, I didn't. I, oh, yeah. Yeah, I did as well. I was right there with you. <laughs> you, you guys know, cause you know, you know, you've, you, you've experienced it and you've been there and it, and it did the same thing to you. Yeah, absolutely. I, I would, I would say to anyone, say, oh, you should watch the fast films. No, fuck off. They're stupid. They're, they're dumb films. I don't, I've got no interest. And now they are up there with my, some of my, my favorite films to watch. And even I managed to get my wife to watch them, and she now I've said to her, "Oh, Fast Nine's coming out in a couple of weeks," and she got so excited, more excited than I've seen her for a film in a long time because <laughs> she fell in love with them as well. That's fantastic, man! They're, they're just great, dumb films, yeah, in the, in the best way. And I'm kind of I'm kind of jealous you get to watch Fate of the Furious, and and. The, with one of the best Jason Statham scenes I've ever seen. <laughs> Char- Charlize Theron is super great in A2. Oh, yeah, she's, she's, great she's a really good villain as well. Well, you know, it's... It, yeah, this one had uh, Kurt Russell as Mr. Nobody, and uh, I, I don't know. He comes he comes back every movie still, too. That's great. I, I, I enjoyed him in this movie. I thought that they, yeah. they wrote him really well. He was able to fucking... You know, it felt like Kurt Russell, like, watching this movie. You know, it. I really... I really like that. And another thing that endears me to these movies is like they 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 reach out to these martial artists. They they bring in you know uh, last movie they brought in Joe Taslam. Um, they brought in this one they brought in uh, Tony Jaa. And like those are two guys in the martial arts fucking uh, movie industry that I fucking worship. I think these guys are awesome. I kept I was thinking during the movie when it when it was playing I was like man I would love to see Donnie Yen. I would love to see Donnie Yen. In a fast movie, and then we're getting Donnie Yen and John Wick Four. John, Donnie Yen is going to be a—he's going to be a, a good guy. He's going to be working with John Wick and John Wick Four. Oh, that's unfortunate. Uh, well, we don't know that it, <laughs> if if when they see each other at first, Jake, maybe there there might be a little fight between them. Okay, that's cool. I wasn't saying that to be a jerk, Matt. I was saying that because oh, I would rather. <laughs> I'd rather no, I, see I, them against each other. I, I thought it was because you weren't, a, hadn't been really a fan of the John Wick franchise since the first film. No, I just I want to see Keanu and, and Donnie Yen going. No, that's fair enough. All right, I agree there. I would like. Well, here's the thing. Part of me, part of me wants to see that. Part of me wants to, but part of me is also like I don't want to see Donnie Yen lose. And then a part of me knows that John Wick can't lose. So what do you do? You have them fight together, right? Yeah, yeah, and it makes sense, like you said, that they could they could be teamed up and still have a little bit of a sparring match. What about Jackie Chan in a fast movie? Uh, Jackie Chan's getting up there, right? Is he doing anything? Yeah, man, I just saw. I watched him. Yeah, uh, I yeah. watched. I watched him do uh, Vanguard. Uh, uh, this it was a, a Chinese film that came out. Um, 
think he's still falling downstairs and shit. He's not doing all. (laughs) He's not doing all that kind of stuff. But he almost fucking drowned in this last movie. (laughs) So yeah, Jake, he's still doing. He's waterboarding. He's he's. <laughs> that's that's actually that's what they renamed Vanguard. It's Vanguard colon waterboarding Whoa. Jackie Chan. But <laughs> and he's Jackie Chan. He's not going to do no fake fucking waterboarding. He's like fucking do this shit. Think of, well, okay, Jackie Chan probably in his sixties now, right? Yeah, it's got to be. I got to Google this shit. I mean, this he's been doing it longer than Tom Cruise. The stunts. He's been doing it longer than anybody. But man, it, that also comes with a. With a price, man, on your body too. Sixty-seven. Wow. Sixty-seven. He's he's still he's still he's not like he's not like you know nineteen ninety four Rumble in the Bronx Jackie Chan, but he's still he's still out there doing stunts, man. He's 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 insane. Listen to this: Jackie Chan is listed as the thirteenth richest actor in the world. Oh yeah, he's huge in China, man. Yeah. Think about the Chinese box office, man. Yeah, you got a great point. It really makes and breaks movies as far as like movies get sequels that we think are bombs because of the Chinese box office. I saw, I saw Vanguard hit theaters here in, in, uh, at one theater, Jake, near us for one day and then we got locked down. I got to see it in the theater and it was only in the theater for one fucking day and I got to see it and I was like, and it wasn't a great movie, but man. <laughs> <laughs> It's, it's still Jackie Chan, man. I got I got to support Jackie Chan. I love that dude. Is he like a nerd? I'm looking at the poster for that, and he's like, he looks very nerdish. He's just wearing glasses. And, and like a suit. He always like plays a, kind of like a dorky, nerdy guy. He's got a very look of confusion. Is there a fashionable guy with a scarf on the cover, too? <laughs> I, I, I don't remember that much about the movie. <laughs> I'll be honest. <laughs> I would have to watch Vanguard again. Um, I uh, I also wanted to let everybody know. I watched the uh, Apple TV had a show, The Mosquito Coast, with Justin Theroux. I watched the finale, and uh, for people that dropped off of this one early, I'd say stick around until you get to episode four. It really starts to pick up. You get a little bit of Ozark vibes with this one, with a, a with a family being involved with. You know, some really dangerous elements. We start to get like the government going after this family. There's a cartel going after this family. Um, the final episode, there's a prison break. Man, I trust me. If you can get to episode four, this show keeps fucking going. It is really good, and it got renewed for season two. So I'm super excited about that. So if you have Apple TV, check out the Mosquito Coast. I I really really enjoyed um, the last few episodes of this one. I think it really picked up. Yeah, I need to give this a binge. I thought the first couple episodes were, were very solid, and if you're saying it really picks up after episode four, oh yeah, this would be a fun weekend binge one of these weeks here. Yeah, they introduce some really cool villains, man, and then like they open up some, uh, you know, this family dynamic kind of gets shaken up a little bit, man, and you know, there's some reveals about the family, and oh my, yeah, you need to watch this one, Jake. You need to get back on it. Uh, Jake, I want to hear from you because I gave you homework uh, to watch Train to Busan, and you told me you did, so I want to know what you thought about Train to Busan. Yeah, I, I absolutely love Train to Busan. I, I I won't hide the news. It was a Tupperware for me. Um, yeah, I was just on the edge of my seat this whole movie. Um, it's the scariest ever 
that I've seen the fast zombies be. Like, just seeing them all, like, hoard up in those big groups. Like, the ferocity that they're cramming themselves to move forward was just utterly terrifying. Especially, like, on a narrow atmosphere, like a train. Like, just seeing them push through cart after cart, I, I, I thought was just so terrifying. Um, I thought this was so good. Um, probably one of my greatest zombie movies of all time. Like, I don't even know what's a better zombie movie than this, honestly, now that I'm thinking about it. Um, I thought it was a great cast of characters. There's people that you just couldn't wait to get infected or die or bad things to happen to them. And there's people that you were just, like, biting your knuckles, hoping that nothing would happen to them. I thought they did a really good job within the first, like, half an hour of just kind of establishing how you're supposed to feel about all these survivors and their chance of surviving. And, um, yeah, I thought this was super emotional. I thought it was smart in that it didn't spend too much time behind the science of it all, the the why of it all. It was it was more just about all these people being stuck in this extreme situation and, and how they would react with their baggage of what's going on in their lives on top of them as well. Um, I think when movies like this get bogged down is when too much time is diverted to the the scientist or the military or who is behind and and those things are part of this movie like they definitely hint towards the why and the military's involvement but it's it's like side dressing it's never the main course of this movie and i think that's when zombie movies are the best you know is when they kind of stick to that um but yeah i i loved this i i'm very nervous to watch the sequel or the animated thing I don't know. This felt just like a perfect movie, and I, I, it makes me nervous to watch anything in this universe. I almost like always want to pretend this is the only thing that exists of it, and not watch anything else. I, I, don't, I don't know. I know what with you, I get no. I know you. I know you. And here's the thing: Soul Station. It's the animated prequel. It's very, very good. I loved it. But I mean, you've seen. I mean, you've been to the mountaintop. You know what I mean? You've seen. You've seen you've seen the glorious movie that is Train to Busan, and see that's the thing. It's like with with Jake, like it's it, it's always the first bite of that apple is always the best, isn't it, Jake? Yeah, for the most part. I mean, there's there's rare exceptions where I like sequels more than the first ones, but um, it's very few and far between. Yeah, a lot of times I don't even think the sequel should have been made. Yeah, yeah, no, I get it, I get it, I totally get it. And and it, here's the thing with uh, Train to Busan, the sequel, Peninsula. It, I loved it. I loved it. I absolutely loved it. It felt like Escape from New York meets a zombie movie, train, you know, like Train to Busan, you know, fucking Escape from New York edition. And I loved it for that. It's a completely different movie. It's, it's a time jump. But man, I, I, I loved it. You, I think you just have to kind of just, you know, like, wipe your memory as far as like what you're expecting from like a train to Busan sequel and just go in back into this world. I, I, I think it's, I, I loved the sequel. I think that you coming out of the sequel, it's going to be a taste it or I taste it. But for me, I love the sequels. I loved it for different reasons. And I think, you know, it gave me like escape from New York vibes and I, you know, I don't know, but it's, if I had to rank them, Train to Busan's at the top. It's at the top. You know, it's that's that's where. It, it, Matt, have you seen Have you seen Train to Busan? No, I haven't. It's on my watch list, but um, for some reason, I can't find it streaming anywhere in the UK at the moment. So yeah. I'm cheap. Yeah, yeah. I watched it on Hulu, and I know that doesn't do you any good. No, I don't know what it might do. Um, 
because we're now getting what's called stars over here on Disney Plus, which is apparently basically Hulu. Ah. Um, so I will have to check and see if it's on there now. But uh, no, I, I am keeping an eye out for it because it's something I know you've been going on on about for well, near enough since I started listening to you guys. So it's um, it's definitely on my watch list. Yeah. Hey, are you a Rick and Morty fan, Matt? Yes, I am. And so with you not having Hulu over there, you haven't even watched a single episode of Solar Opposites, have you? Yeah, yeah, that's on that's on Stars. Awesome. Oh, that's, so, yeah. So we're, we're, we're getting Solar Opposites slowly, and we're also getting MODOK uh, one episode a week. Okay, okay. Rather than the entire drop, so we're getting, I think we're on that episode three or four now. Yeah, I, I just, I've been catching up on Solar Opposites. I'm through, like, episode four or five. I'm enjoying it. I just don't like it as much as the first season. Yeah, I I've, I think I've finished season one and I've started season two and then I've gone back again to rewatch season one because yeah. I think I missed must have glazed over a couple of bits. Right, right. But yeah, I do I do enjoy it. It's fun. Oh, don't worry, Stephanie. I'm not going to ask you if you watch Train to Busan. All right. I, I did. It's one of my favorites. Oh my god. It's one of my favorite zombie movies. It's excellent. Oh my god. This is, Stephanie, this is like, this is like that part in the teenage rom-com where the two teenage girls are jumping up and down on the bed because the, the cute, the cute boy at school likes them. That's what we're doing right now. And, and we're doing this, uh, because you watch Train to Busan as well and, and we both love the movie. It has nothing to do with a cute boy who might be Jonathan Brandis from 1992's Ladybugs, also starring, uh, who, who is that comic? Well, uh, Rodney, Dangerfield. Rodney Dangerfield. Yes. <laughs> he winked at us in the hallway, Stephanie. He's so dreamy. <laughs> he also killed himself, which is tragic. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, He-Man. He-Man trailer. He-Man. This new He-Man came out this uh the, the trailer for the new he-man finally got to see the fucking trailer kevin smith has been teasing this on fat man beyond uh for for months and we finally got to see the the trailer the official plot synopsis reads after a cataclysmic battle between he-man and skeletor eternia eternia is fractured and the guardians of Skull are scattered and after decades of secrets tore them apart it's up to tila to reunite the broken band of heroes and solve the mystery of the missing sword of power in a race against time to restore eternia and prevent the end of the universe uh and all i gotta say is after I saw that trailer is holy fucking shit. Wow, this looks incredible and oh my god, I didn't think Orko could be a badass, but holy shit, dude, that scene with Orko, fuck it. Oh my god. That, that was my main takeaway from the trailer. I was like, fuck, Orko's a badass. They made Orko cool, Matt. I was like, that guy was never cool. They never Orko was never cool. And they made Orko fucking awesome, dude. Kevin Smith was like, you know what? I'm the showrunner here. He's got a magician's hat on. Let's make him a goddamn magician and not make him... Like, in the cartoon, didn't he always try to do shit and it was fucked up? Uh, He could barely do a card trick in the original cartoon. Yeah. He was so fucking awful. But, man... He was, like, comic relief. Like, he was, like, the Jabber jabber Jar, the Scooby-Doo. He was normally the catalyst for the moral, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. I loved it. I loved, I absolutely loved this trailer. I thought the action looked amazing. I thought that the animation looked amazing. This uh, voice. The, the animation looked gorgeous. It looked gorgeous. And you got 
Mark Hamill as Skeletor, Lena Headey as Evil Lynn. I mean, uh, Sarah Michelle Gellar as Tila. Um, Stephen Root is going to be playing Cringer. Stephen Root from <laughs> Office Space, from King of the Hill, is playing Cringer. Um, we're going to get f- the first five episodes, uh, July 23rd. Uh, more episodes are going to follow later in the year. And then all of this trailer uh, was played to Bonnie Tyler's Holding Out for a Hero. Uh, the last time I heard that played, like, in a movie was Short Circuit 2. And it was even cool in that movie. And it was fucking amazing in this trailer. And I fucking loved it. No, I loved it when Johnny Five, when they played, I need a hero. And Johnny Five's doing all this bull. I loved it. I, I lo- it's amazing. And they did it here with He-Man. And I, it was equally as amazing. And I fucking... Oh my god! I this trailer blew my fucking mind. Kevin Smith. Oh my god! I'm. I never thought of Kevin Smith doing He Man. I don't know who pitched this to Kevin Smith, but thank God they did because this looks. This I am pre. I'm pre Tupperwareing this. <laughs> That's how much I loved this trailer. I'm pre Tupperwareing this. I don't think that there's any way I can go in to the first five episodes of this and not just be blown away. It looks like they fucking they have thrown everything plus the kitchen sink into this man. The, the, the voice cast is incredible. Um, Matt, what did you think about the He Man trailer? Oh yeah, it, it's a tough way, man. It looks gorgeous. There's some, uh, there were some awesome characters that I'd seen that I didn't expect to see in it, um, and I just, uh, as long as the story holds up, I think this is going to be a fucking great show. Stephanie, oh, I, I just took a vape. I tried to talk. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Oh fuck! I, I was hoping you said, that. Oof. <laughs> I, I was hoping that I was hoping that we'd hear a drip, drip. I was I was, I was Stephanie there to bail me out, but that didn't happen. <laughs> Stephanie, did you grow up with He Man? Did you grow up with Shira? I mean, what did you think about the trailer? Talk to me. I did. I definitely grew up with He Man and Shira. And watching the trailer, actually, I hadn't given He Man a whole lot of thought since I was a kid. Um, and I could have sworn that I had heard talk about like a live action or some kind of like a something. No, you're right. Like, no, the, they, they were planning a live action movie with uh, Noah Centineo, who recently dropped out. So, and thank God he did because that's that's not who I want to <laughs> see, man. <laughs> but this watching this trailer brought back all those like that excitement of like sitting in front of the TV as a kid on the floor and watching He Man, but like better. Um, so no, I'm definitely ex- ex- I'm definitely stoked. The trailer looks great. Yeah, yeah, Jake. Yeah, I'm gonna give it a taste. It. Fuck I, you. I, Fuck I, you I, so I, hard. Oh my <laughs> god. Fuck I'm you. The, I'm just giving the trailer a taste. It. Fuck I, off. The, the voices are great. I loved hearing Mark Hamill's Skeletor. Um, I thought the animation looked really cool. Um, I was not a fan of the Bonnie Tyler song. Oh, oh, that, that song is used so much. I love it to overlay on people saving people scenes. Like I've seen that song can never be used enough. Thank oh, you, man. thank I'm you. I want to play it right now. I want to play it right now. I want to play it right fucking now over you because we need a hero right now. Well, I'm sorry you're not as caught up on like meme culture, but that song is so overplayed. And I, I would have rather heard like what the show sound is actually going to sound like. 
Um, I pray to God that that's not like the opening theme of the show and the only time. Now, if they got Bear McCreary to, to do the music. They're not going to use that. It was just for the trailer. I thought it was fun. I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm not, it, it, I'm not into hipster meme it. culture or whatever the fuck. No, it's cool. And I'm not taking it against you that you aren't, but I'm telling you from my perspective, it took me out of the excitement groaning at that song. And I, I can only speak for the way I felt, but I, I definitely groaned when I realized that we were going to be playing this song during the entire clip. And you groaned and to me. I moaned. I, <laughs> I fuck Jake. I fucking, I climax during that trailer. Seriously. If I was, I, if I was in the throes of passion, I think I would have impregnated someone. <laughs> but I mean, I'm still very excited. I think the show very much could be a Tupperware. I mean, He-Man is probably the toy I collected the most when I was like that age. Like I had way more He-Man stuff than GI Joe or Transformers or any of it. Like I had the entire fucking lineup when it came to the He-Man stuff. So yeah, I'm, I'm very excited. This is long overdue. Um, those original He-Man cartoons do not hold up. They are not fun to revisit. And I'm very excited to see a modern take on He-Man that I can watch over and over again and that could potentially have future seasons. So, just, yeah, fuck that song. I also hope that... want fucking He-Man to rush through this room and pick me up and carry me out of my home right now. Like my fucking house is on fire. And I just want to like wrap my arms around this big, huge, muscular, oily man who's barely wearing anything. I want to smell. I want to smell. I want to smell him. Oh my god. How can that song, dude? Oh my god. Yeah, I'm all about it, man. <laughs> that dude, that is that is amazing. I think like like fucking like firemen should play that shit on their way when they're fucking coming to like put out the fire and shit. As their new siren. That is their new. That should yes. That should be the new <laughs> fireman siren. Yeah. When you hear that song, you know that they're fucking to put out. They're coming to put out that fucking fire. <laughs> Oh, man. I loved it, man. Oh, Jake, I'm sorry. Got a little triggered when you said taste it there, man. I'm pr- I apologize. <laughs> yeah, I knew it wasn't going to go great, but I didn't get <laughs> that, 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 that song just, oh, my God, it was like someone punched me in the face. I was like, again? Thank God they didn't play that at the end of Fast 7, you know? 
Jake would have <laughs> Jake would have been like, yeah, I'm out. Uh, my goosebumps would have instantly disappeared. Oh man, I, I oh God, I loved it. I thought it was a I thought it was a perfect choice. But you know, I guess I'm just a basic bitch, aren't I, Jake? <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing wrong with being a basic bitch sometimes. I mean, <laughs> Oh man, Tupperware the fuck out of that trailer. Absolutely loved it, Jake. I'm hoping that like once the series drops, that maybe you're, maybe you're, and you know this, you know your rating could definitely change. Oh yeah, this is only rating the trailer and what I thought about that. I, I'm very excited. I'll be watching five episodes. Doesn't seem like enough. Well, five episodes uh, at first, and then we're gonna get uh, another. I think another five later in the year. Yeah, yeah, I realize that it's being broken into two seasons, but it's like, oh, my God, just give me all ten episodes. Mm. Mm. Give me a little bit more of that fucking Bonnie Tyler. Yeah! Gotta be larger than life. That's what I want out of my hero. What's that, Jake? That's a super racist movie now. What? What is? Yeah. It hasn't aged well. Short Circuit 2 is super racist by today's standards. Oh, well, Short Circuit 1 super racist as well. They go like white guy playing an yeah, Indian he, guy. Sure. It's the same problem, but he's like the main character in part two. Yeah. 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 Well, way to, way to drag everything down. I mean, uh, you know, like the, you drag down the He-Man trailer, and now we're talking about racist Short Circuit. Man, I just... <laughs> <laughs> Shattering childhoods, aren't you, Jake? Yeah, Johnny number five's not a, not a good guy. He's been canceled. Jesus, <laughs> it's not the robot's fault. <laughs> I just wanted to cancel Johnny number five. Oh, man. <laughs> Johnny number five and Gina Carino are going to be starting a new movie together. <laughs> All right, let's see. Let's the talk. racist adventures of Johnny and Gina. <laughs> Jake probably give that a Tupperware. Um, <laughs> Not at the trailer. You said Bonnie Tyler. Jake's like Brian. If there was a higher rating than a Tupperware, I would give it to this series. Uh, An upperware. Hmm. Mm. Let's talk about Oxygen. Let's talk about the network owned by Oprah. Let's not. Let's talk about Oxygen on Netflix. <laughs> is is Oxygen still around? Yeah. Uh, that network? Know. It got, I think, um, I don't think she doesn't own a majority of it anymore. I think she recently sold off a bunch of it, but it still exists, I believe. Okay. Let's talk about Oxygen on Netflix. <laughs> this is... <laughs> This is a new movie that dropped on Netflix. It's a French language science fiction psychological survival horror film directed and produced by Alexandra Aha from a screenplay by Christy LeBlanc. And it's about a woman wakes up in a cryogenic chamber with no recollection of how she got there. And she must find a way out before running out of air. Hence the title Oxygen. Like Very how, clever. Yes. Uh, let's talk. <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about this movie on Netflix. Um, yeah. Uh, what, Stephanie, did you get a chance to see Oxygen? This is where no. Stephanie talks. She's, no. I, and then and then she says, "No, I didn't watch it." And I'm like, "Why the no. fuck did I call on Stephanie first? No, it wasn't on my list. Oh, I didn't send it to you. Hey, no. Matt, did I send you Oxygen? Nope. What the fuck, Jake? Did I send you Oxygen? 
Yes, but it was a late edition. You were like, oh, and by the way, watch Oxygen. Oh, I thought it was a late edition to only you, uh, you, and I thought right. I included it in the list for everybody else. Well, you just had to go back to the list you sent me, and it's definitely not on there. Yeah. Okay, all right, Hall Monitor Matt Kirby. <laughs> You win. You're the, you win. You're the big winner of the argument. I, I wasn't. Bl- I wasn't blaming you. I was just checking that I didn't fuck up. Uh, no, well, if well, if Stephanie didn't watch it and you didn't watch it, chances are that I fucked up, huh, Matt? Just play the song again. <laughs> All right. I need some oxygen. <laughs> oxygen makes that fire burn a lot hotter, Jake. Probably not a good idea. Um, Jake, you did you watch Oxygen? I did. <laughs> and Jake, you watched it because I sent you I sent you a message to watch Oxygen. So that is why you watched it. Apparently, I did not send that same message to to Matt and Stephanie. Which is why they come in here. I thought that they came in here unprepared, and you know what, Jake? They flipped it on me. They flipped. They said, "No, Brian, you fucked up." And you know what? I concede. I concede. And call <laughs> <laughs> monitor Matt. You proved you wrong. <laughs> no, that's my fuck up. I'm sorry. I should send Matt, screenshots if you want. It, no, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> we believe you. <laughs> Matt, Matt's gonna fucking, he's gonna print, he's gonna make it a poster. He's gonna go to one of those poster websites and he's gonna fucking print it out and send it to me. It's gonna be a 36 by 24. He's gonna have it framed on my fucking wall. Yeah, I, Matt, I, I believe you, Matt. I fucked up. I fucked up. Uh, Jake, Jake, what did you think about, uh, this French science fiction film now on Netflix? Oxygen. Yeah, you know, we watched a lot of... There was quite a lot of high-concept science fiction on this week's list. I, I would put this in the same group as Infinite and Awake. And I thought of the of those movies, I, this is the one I enjoyed the most. I, I'll go ahead and give this a high-taste-it. Uh, I thought it did start off very slow, and I don't want to spoil anything, but I, I was definitely surprised at the what was really going on in this movie. And I thought a lot of emotion from the main actor was delivered once the main actor was in realization of what was actually going on. And I found the the ending to actually be quite moving. Um, and I thought the first half did a really good job of, like, making me feel claustrophobic and also making me feel trapped. And it was just a very tense kind of thriller feel. I mean, between the thing she's trapped in, trying to administer administer different drugs to either potentially kill her or sedate her and just her fighting against that in that small enclosed area I really made me feel uncomfortable like you know in the way the movie meant to make me feel and uh, yeah I thought this was quite good for a low budget Netflix high concept sci-fi movie yeah, I enjoyed this a lot more than I thought I would yeah, I'm also going to give it a high taste. It reminds me of like those movies that you watch, like, you know, the Ryan Reynolds one. I can't remember what it's called, like Buried or Buried Alive or whatever it's called. It's kind of like one of those movies where like, you know, you've got somebody who's like buried alive and they're trying to get out. And uh, this was her kind of like stuck in a cryogenic chamber. And her only way to get out is to 
she can't remember anything about like a hundred percent about her past. She's her, her memory is very shaky. She doesn't know how she got there. And I mean, and, and, and her, and her only person that she can kind of talk with is not even a person. It's a, it's an artificial intelligence that is inside of this cryogenic chamber that she's in. And she's trying to, she's trying to find ways to get out of this situation, trying to get out of the cryogenic chamber because she's running out of oxygen. She starts off, isn't it like something like 30 something percent oxygen when the movie starts, Jake? Yeah, that sounds about right. And I thought it was really cool. It was basically real time, too. I, I tapped my time button at one point when they said she would have, like, 70 minutes <clears> if, at the heart rate she was at. And that was basically how much was left of the movie. Oh, so. that's really cool. Yeah, yeah. Would you say during this movie, Jake, that there was a point in time where maybe she needed a hero? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> All right, sorry. A minute and a half later when we get our first lyric. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> I'll go back to it. Even the He-Man trailer you did cut out the first 90 seconds of that song. How dare you. How dare you, sir. Um, I, I enjoyed this movie quite a bit. I, 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 you know, and one of the things I really liked about it was I kept trying to guess, like, because you know there's a twist, you know you you just feel like there's a twist in this movie, and you're mm-hmm. always trying to guess, like trying to be like one step ahead of like what's really going on here, and I kept trying to, you know, one I, I like I, I actually guessed one, and I was like, oh shit, I was right about that, but then like they throw up a completely new twist, and 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 um, I twist upon twist upon twist, and. Um, yeah, I thought it was really good for like a Netflix science fiction movie, you know, that just came kind of like out of nowhere. I feel like it's just one of those, one of those, you know, it's probably like a French movie that they just fucking bought and threw on the service, but I'm glad they did. I'm glad I watched it. I don't, I don't think it was a waste of time at all. And I, I kind of like those movies where, you know, like the Ryan Reynolds movie where he's buried or like even like in, what is it, Kill Bill Volume 2 where she's like, you know, trying to get out and they, you know, you know what I'm talking about? She's yeah, under, yeah, yeah. It's like it's like that movie mixed with the amnesia movie, mm. like all in the same movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. I dug it, man, guys. It's called Oxygen, and uh, Stephanie and Matt would have watched it if I would have sent it to them. <laughs> Isn't that right, Matt? That's right, Brian. <laughs> you guys, you guys missed out, especially if you watch the other two science fiction movies. Oh, and I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, shit. <laughs> Brian, you were a real dick to, to tell him to watch the other two sci-fi movies, but not this one. It was all part of my master plan. <laughs> you know who Bonnie Tyler wasn't singing about? This guy, right here. (laughs) I'm not your hero. (laughs) Oh no! Good science fiction movie, (laughs) and you're not gonna hear it from me. All right, yeah, we'll get to the other ones. Uh, Domina on Epics. Did anybody watch this? I watched the first episode. Same. Nope. I don't, don't get yeah, I don't think it's available over there. I uh, I got through uh, most of the episode, and then I said, uh, you know what? You... I said, I said, fuck, <laughs> I said, 
fuck this show. It's uh, the life and rise of Livia Drusilla, the powerful wife of the Roman Emperor Augustus Caesar. The life and rise of Livia Drusilla. That what? Why do they have it here three times? Yeah, that's what it's about. <laughs> okay, enough already. Yeah, it's like it's like shit. trying to drum that home, aren't they? <laughs> it's like a, yeah, it's like, it's almost like the synopsis is a broken record. This is fucking crazy. No, it's just yeah, it's. I don't know. I, I didn't really write down a lot about this one because it was – I didn't like it at all. Um, I thought it was terrible. So, Jake, what did you, what did you think about Domino? Yeah, it was like a low-budget um, version of like the HBO show Rome, which also wasn't very good. And this was like a lesser version of that. I'm going to give it a low taste it. Um, I thought the last 15 minutes were actually really strong. Um, did you get to the time jump, Brian? No, no. I said, I, I, dude, I tapped out. I had a 18 or 19 minutes left, and I was like, you know what? Fuck this show. Okay, yeah, with about 15 minutes left, they jump a year ahead. And I thought the stuff going on there was really interesting. And it made a lot of the stuff that seemed very pointless in the first 45 minutes actually make sense when you see kind of where they are a year into the future. Um, will I watch another episode of this? Fuck no. I will probably never see another episode of this in my life. But I wasn't completely bored or upset that I watched this first episode. So I'm going to give it a low taste. I just got sick of, like, all the weird fucking, like... You're sleeping with this person, but you're yes. with that person. People yeah. sleeping around and somebody sucking somebody's dick off in a fucking room somewhere. <laughs> I thought that shit was epic. <laughs> I fucking like I see what you did there, Jake. Yeah. <laughs> um, I hated this fucking show. Stephanie, what did you think? And then, Stephanie, if you love Domina, if you loved it, just let us know. I don't care. If you like this, if you like this weird show where people are going around sucking dicks and fucking each other and being secretive about it, then let us know. Cause like, I feel like this is, I do feel like this is geared more towards, uh, you know, a female audience. Yeah, I could see that. I give it a taste it. Um, yeah, she I, she was tasting that guy's yeah, dick, wasn't she? Drip, drip. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mind it. I think they wasted a bit of time in the in that first episode. I only watched one episode um, with you know the you know with all the sleeping around and promiscuity and all of that stuff. I it does come across as like a low budget like period piece similar to Rome all the period I'm a big fan of period pieces I think most period pieces I've ever seen the first season is typically low budget because it hasn't blown up yet like they you know they haven't gained the traction to be able to spend you know five ten fifteen million dollars an episode yeah I I'm interested enough that I will probably continue to watch um I do think that if it doesn't pick up and if it if if, if the storyline doesn't become a bit more diversified and I and they maybe focus on a bit more, maybe bring some extra characters in, although there's quite a few already. Then I think that it, it, I think it's got, you know, the pieces to make like a show that I would really enjoy. Um, but as far as the first episode goes, I agree with Jake. The last 15 minutes kind of pull everything in after the time jump. And there is a moment in the, at the end of that episode where I'm kind of like, a, not totally at the edge of my seat, but I, I scooted forward a bit. Okay. Um, cause I was interested. Yeah. But I give it a taste it. Um, Hopefully by the end of this season, I'll I'll be I'd love to be at a high taste or Tupperware, but I'll keep watching. You know what? I, I'm I'm gonna let the last 15 minutes of this show forever elude me. <laughs> now you're not missing anything. I, I'm going to let them forever not be a part of 
of uh, of me, Jake. I, I will never. Yeah, I will never go back to this show. I am done. I am no, so no. Done. If I had to tell you a hundred things to watch that I know you've never seen before, this would never be one of them. If I had to tell Matt and Stephanie a hundred things to watch, I would leave one of them out, and it would be oxygen. So <laughs> they would get a list of ninety nine things, and then I would hear about it on this episode. Ninety nine things, but oxygen ain't one. <laughs> ninety nine things, but oxygen ain't one. I fucked up. I fucked up, Matt. <laughs> I fucked up. I fucked up. Yeah, I'm sorry, guys. Awake. Are you guys awake? I have to be, right? Yeah. In the context of the movie. Yeah, let's talk about Awake the Movie on Netflix, which uh, I kind of fucked this one up for Matt again. Matt watched the wrong version of Awake the first time. I I almost sent you a message. (laughs) There was like three different versions. Yeah. I I didn't know. That's brand new. Guys, I I honestly... I watched a completely different film <laughs> to start with, starring, <laughs> starring Jonathan Rhys Myers and Francesca Eastwood. <laughs> how was how was how was that movie, Matt? How was it? Was tossing, fucking awful. <laughs> <laughs> I was shit. It was literally crap. A guy wakes up from a coma because um, he's in a car accident and he's a murder suspect, and it's basically True Detective meets a. Uh, memento and it's fucking terrible don't watch it <laughs> See, then, i had no idea uh, that there were two different ones uh, three different so, ones so then nana came to see me and he said oh yeah i, I said oh i watched that because I, I, I mentioned i was recording tonight with you guys and so oh, yeah i watched awake for the show and he went oh, all right brian's watching that one tonight and showed me the, the the screenshot you put you tweeted i was like that's not the film i watched <laughs> So, if it wasn't for Nana, I wouldn't have even watched the right film in the end. <laughs> well, so I did then sit down and watch the correct Awake. I don't know if it's going to be that much better than the first <laughs> oh, movie that shit. you watched. Young. Uh, awake, global hysteria ensues after a mysterious catastrophe wipes out all electronics and... On top of that, and <laughs> takes away humanity's ability to sleep. So two things here going on. <laughs> Global hysteria ensues after a mysterious catastrophe wipes out, out all electronics. They're gone. And on top of that, people can't go to sleep. So it's like Casper mattresses, Helix, uh, go fuck yourself. Nobody's, no, uh, NyQuil will help you get, no, nobody's getting their Z's. Not in this, and they can't get on their iPhones. Scientists race against the clock to find a cure for the unexplained insomnia before its fatal effects eliminate the human race. When Jill, a former soldier, discovers her young, they spent a lot of time with her name, didn't they, Jake? Jill. Yes. Yeah. A former soldier who discovers her young daughter may be the key to salvation. She must decide whether to protect her children at all costs or sacrifice everything to save the world. Awake is directed by Mark Razzo from a screenplay he wrote alongside Joseph Razzo. It stars Gina, Gina Rodriguez, Jennifer Jason Lee, Barry Pepper, Finn Jones, Shamir Anderson, Ariana Greenblatt, Francis Fisher, Elias Adraki, uh, Lucius Hoyas, and Gil Bellows. And, uh, yeah, man, Awake. I was like, oh shit, it's a Gina Rodriguez movie. Uh, I wasn't a huge fan of that one movie, that action movie that she did, but I did like her in uh, Kajillionaire, and let's see what this movie's about. And I feel like this movie, like, 
First off, I'm going to give it a toss. It. It's absolutely terrible. <laughs> this movie's garbage. It should be called. It should be called Asleep because you're guaranteed to fall asleep while watching it. Can uh, you stay awake? Can you stay awake? Yeah, it's like a dare. It's like the movie's awake challenge. The, 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 the movie's daring you, Jake. <laughs> awake? Can you really stay awake? Um, doesn't what's really weird about this movie to, to me is like. Like, it wipes out all the electronics, and then, like, there's this moment where, like, I feel like there was, like, no kind of, like, explanation. It just, like, jumps into, like, nobody can sleep. Yeah. It's like, it it's was, like, it was, like yeah. it worked out very quickly, wasn't it? It was like, all of a sudden, this, this yeah. yeah. giving you an exposition about no one can sleep in the world, we're all gonna die. Yeah, dude, but it was, yeah. it was 24 hours. It was so weird. Yeah. It was like, it was like, okay, all the electronics went out, people's cars that had, like, electronics in their cars were not working and so cars were just like crashing into one another and then like the like one of the next scenes it's like nobody can go to sleep <laughs> and it's like yeah. i and then it, it it was and it this it was so fucking this movie was just handled terribly it's like it's like you got the movie uh with john krasinski and emily blunt where it's like you can't make any noise and then you got the movie with uh sandy bullock where uh nobody everybody's fucking blindfolded uh and with bird box and then they're like gina we got the movie for you this is a movie <laughs> where nobody can sleep I, you've I, seen. I'm looking forward to the pitch meeting for this one. I really. <laughs> you've seen those other movies where people can't hear, they can't make noises, or they can't fucking see shit with their eyes. This one, nobody's going to be able to sleep in your movie. Yeah, the pitch. They fucking. They got a. They had to assault her on this. I don't think anybody oh, fucking. Good, yeah. Do you think anybody in this movie realized that they were making one of the biggest fucking turds ever? <laughs> No, <laughs> no. The, the the only redeeming thing in this entire movie was I'd finally seen a live action Simpsons mob scene. That was my uh, the only bit in the church when they all of a sudden they decided they're going <laughs> to sacrifice a girl with literally a Simpsons mob. That was the only bit I thought was like, oh, this is all right, and yeah. then it went all kinds of wrong again. Oh my god! Get him! Yeah, get him! Yeah, it was, wasn't it, Jake? Come on, you know this. It's like they usually, the have, they usually don't have guns in a Simpsons Simpsons mob, though. They're usually like old school with like blunt objects. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With. But it was it was how quickly it turned was the kind of Simpsons mob. Yeah, yeah. This is brutal. I, I'm going to go ahead and toss this real quick, too, so I can get in on this conversation about how brutal this movie was. I, I thought all the acting was absolutely atrocious in this movie, too. Yeah. Um, I didn't think anyone was good. I also hated how maybe I'm the dumb one, but I never really understood why these cars work, but those cars don't work. Uh, well, some uh, cars before it, electronics. Before, yeah, it would have been the computer, the onboard piece of CPUs. Yeah. Okay, okay. So once they took the electronics out of the car, no, there like there there was a time where there was there wasn't any like computer chips or electronics in cars. Oh, so you had older <laughs> cars only, yeah, yeah, yeah. like the, the old muscle cars or yeah. or anything sort of pre nineteen, probably nineteen eighty. Yeah, so like you know, like if if they're talking about like EMP and shit like that, I, we don't even know what this was. I also hated her little bitch of a son, Noah. I thought he was the yeah. worst character in the whole fucking movie. 
Like, I wish he would have got shot in the library. Oh, I love the scene between him and his sister where she's asking, like, if he's had sex before. Like, where the fuck did that... <laughs> that scene just came out of nowhere. Oh, my God. He's like... I feel so bad for that actor having to play this character. Like, I, I'm not trying to, like, put down, like, anybody or anything, but it's just such... Just, there's no redeeming characteristics for this character whatsoever. He's never painted as, like, the good, knowledgeable, wise big brother, or he's not even, like, any kind of a comic relief or anything. He's just, like, a hapless nobody. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, okay, we're, like, four days into people not sleeping. They drive, they've got this muscle car, they drive into this town, and this town has been overrun by prisoners that have gotten out of the, <laughs> the prison. And... Four days without sleep, and this one prisoner is telling Gina Rodriguez to hand over her son Noah because you're never too tired to pedophile, apparently. <laughs> I, you know, in fact, it seems like it makes you more excited to, to do it. What the? He's like, yeah, give me your son. Give me your son. Give me your boy. I'm like, what the fuck? I guess you're never too tired to pedo in this universe. What the fuck, man? <laughs> so bad it was fucking terrible and then they fucking they all go into the library and they leave the car we all know this stupid we all know that somebody's cure for for the world lying in the back seat (laughs) i thought you it's well it's because they were all they were both tired and they didn't they weren't thinking straight that's the that's the reason you know what i think that the fucking writers of this movie were fucking sleep deprived when they wrote this fucking shit they both they both have insomnia (laughs) and they had said in the beginning that like in four days like you know, your like organs are going to fail and people are going to start dropping dead. But by the end of the movie, it was this, it had been six six days. days. Well, they're using and, that one fucking like that shot that they're injecting into their necks and shit and blah so blah blah. Jumping to the end of the movie, how exactly are they now supposed to save the rest of humanity? Ah, fuck everybody else, right? Find kill a every- really big lake, <laughs> yeah, <just kill laughs> drown everybody. Yeah, <laughs> it's just a massacre. Yeah, fucking waterboard Jackie Chan, bring him back to life. <laughs> this movie. And what ugh. happened at the end when the like the military turns on everybody? At the, was was it because they were just out of their minds? Or yeah, they're reason? they're hallucinating. They out they're out of their minds, hallucinating. It's so bad. It's terrible. Yeah, toss it. It's called Awake. If you want to watch something really stupid, knock yourself out. Which was worse, Matt? Was was the other movie better? No. Oh, wow. They were both terrible. Who watched Skater Girl? I did. I, did I am not. about halfway through. You're halfway through. Um, so, yeah. yeah, me and Stephanie, we've watched the full thing. I, Matt, I do want to hear what your thoughts are halfway through. Skater Girl, it's on Netflix. When a teen in rural India discovers a life-changing passion for skateboarding, she faces a rough road as she follows her dream to compete. It's directed by Manjari Mikajani. Uh, cast includes newcomers Rachel Sanchita Gupta, Shafin Patel, also stars Amrit Magera, Jonathan Reedwin, and Wahida Raymond. And um, I'm not going to fucking bury the lead. I fucking... I loved this movie, Stephanie. I... Ooh. I did. I loved it. I, like... I just thought it was like a really feel good movie for like, you know, people like you've got this young girl 
who lives in, in poverty and there's different classes of people in, in her village. There's people that live in the upper class and then there's people like her that live in the lower class and they don't have opportunities. She, she doesn't go to school sometimes because she doesn't have either. She doesn't have a, a textbook or she doesn't have a clean uniform. And, um, she's also trying to help out with her family and, and, um, you know, do work around the house and, and she's basically like putting all her dreams. She has no dreams. She has nothing. She has nothing ahead of her. Um, and then this woman, uh, comes into the village and, uh, we don't know why she's there until later, but, uh, she, she introduces skateboarding to these kids and it gives them like this new passion that they all start to like, you know, glob onto and it, and, um, it's it's something that she's really passionate about and um i don't know it was just a movie for me it was just a movie about like you never like it, like there there's certain people that just don't have opportunities like opportunities they're just they're stuck in this this cycle and 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 then and then you got somebody that helps them and opens certain doors for them and uh i just i was really moved by this by this movie i was really moved by this movie i i I absolutely loved it i thought it was a very emotional movie i i thought it's a very simple script it really is but man it's there there's something about like and the young girl that plays uh prana is is really good like you could like there's like this when she's skateboarding and she's she's feeling this this freedom and this joy i mean there's like this real look of like happiness on her face and i don't know man i was really moved by this movie i thought it was i thought it was phenomenal but uh stephanie i don't i don't i i think you have a a cold heart or something yeah i do yeah <laughs> my heart's in cold storage all the time what i the think fuck? i'll give it a taste of it I do think it was a good movie. Um, I think that the main actress, the young girl, I thought she was great. I, I agree. I think the angle with which the story was told was great. It was simple, but simplicity fit it very well. Um, I didn't care for the Jessica, the character from Europe that comes in. And like, I think they focused a bit too much on her story that I didn't really, I didn't care about her all that much. Um, and so I didn't need her. And I think, they focused a little bit too I think they tried to get us to care about her as a person. And I was just so invested in the little girl and her brother even um, that I didn't really just, I just kind of didn't need that. I know sometimes that makes movies more palatable for people from other countries watching. Um, but I didn't, I didn't necessarily need that character. I thought the story was cute. I thought it was heartfelt. Um, and the ending was insanely predictable, but like, in a really good way. I think the only reason I'm not giving it a high tasted or a higher rating is just because I felt like I was force fed a bit like of like empathy towards the, towards the Jessica character, the woman that comes in and gets them interested in skateboarding. And, um, and I didn't really need that, but the story doesn't move without her. Like it doesn't go anywhere without her. Like we could, I don't mind her being in the film, but I don't care why she's her, why she's there. And like, her not accepting the job offer to stay, like all of those things. Like, I don't need, I didn't need that extra. I didn't need that fluff. I think, I think we do need to find out why she's there and like why she's trying to connect with, with, with 
those kids. And, you know, it, I think uh, I, it worked. It all worked for me. I don't know. I'm just a, I'm a pussy, apparently. It, <laughs> <laughs> drip, drip. Sorry, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> Now fuck now now I'm now I now I've been christened drip drip. God damn it. <laughs> Matt, you're halfway through. Yep. Uh I at the moment I I I'd give it a high taste it, but it's probably gonna be a a tough word by the time I finished it. It's a it's a really a heartwarming story, really enjoying it. Um, some of the acting's a little bit spotty from the, sort of the English and American cast, but I think all the um, all the native cast do so well. And the little boy, her brother, is just fucking phenomenal. Yeah, good actor. he's the really best. fun. Yeah, he's good. Um, and his his on screen performance is brilliant. So yeah, I I, I can see where Stephanie says it, it's a bit predictable because I can already see what's going to happen. But nevertheless, I do love a good heartwarming feel-good story of yeah. people overcoming their situations. And yeah. This is clearly one of those. And I actually, I was really surprised how easy I found it to watch the subtitles. Normally I find that they're moving very quickly, but this was very easy to read and just sort of understand what was going on without having to concentrate too much on them. Yeah, I agree with that as well. Yeah, I, I felt that way too. I I don't... Yeah, it's it's super heartwarming. I'm just a big fucking... Yeah, I come off like I got rough edges, but I'm a super softy when it comes to this shit, and I fucking... I it's another underdog story, Brian. It is an underdog story. I'm, I'm a sucker. sucker for an underdog story. Me and you are both suckers for underdog stories, That's Matt. Right. We're huge. Like, uh, Bad News Bears, Rocky, fucking... Yep. And me and you have gone on record talking to each other through Facebook Messenger about our feelings about The Dark Knight Rises and how yep. that's an underdog story as well and, like, why that hits with us. So that, I, we, I'm, I am a sucker for underdog stories. I really am. Like, any even sports documentaries where you've got, like, these, like, well, a fucking, like, Hoosiers, Matt. Hoosiers yep. about that, that, you know, small basketball team in Indiana, Gene Hackman. Oh, my God. I'm a sucker for underdog <laughs> stories. And this this is another one. Infinite. This is a big one. This is this is this hit Paramount Plus and uh, science fiction movie with Mark Wahlberg. It's inspired by D. Eric Macon Macron's 2009 novel titled The Reincarnationist Papers. It tells the story of a secret group of continuously reincarnated people that battle an evil madman bent on world destruction for centuries it centers around evan mccauley a man haunted by daily uh, haunted daily by skills he has never learned and the memories of places he's never visited self-medicated and on the brink of a mental breakdown he is rescued by the secret group whose members call themselves infinites they reveal to him that his memories are real but they are from multiple past lives the Infinites brings Evan into their extraordinary world where a gifted few are given the ability to be reborn with their memories and knowledge accumulated over centuries. With critical secrets buried in the past, Evan must work with the Infinites to unlock the answers in his memories in a race against time to save humanity from one of their own who seeks to destroy it. So you got Mark Wahlberg playing Evan, the hero here, and then you got Chiwetel Ejiofor playing the villain, the big bad in this one. And it also stars, you know, Jason Mansukis is in this, and Toby Jones, Dylan O'Brien. 
Um, it's directed by Antoine Fuqua, who directed The Equalizer, Equalizer 2, Southpaw. I usually uh, like Antoine Fuqua. Man, this movie is... Uh, oh, God. It, did, did anybody else think of, like, this was like they're just trying to remake The Matrix? Yes. I thought exactly that. Yeah. It felt- I thought they were trying to redo, like, The King's Guard or something. It was like the character was like awakened, and then once he was awakened, he had all these powers. Like yeah. it was totally the Neo journey. Yeah, I, Jake, I'm right there with you. It felt like it felt like the Matrix, and it. Uh, I think it started off really fun with like the car chase. Like I guess I've just been watching a lot of Fast and Furious movies, but I thought that that was that was a lot of fun. After that car chase. The movie just kind of falls apart for me. And you've got, you've got two different versions of these infinites. You've got one version of the infinites that they, you know, when they die, they're reincarnated, they come back, they want to leave humanity a little bit better than what it was when they got there. They're, they're always trying to improve upon humanity. They're trying to pass on their knowledge. They're trying to make humanity better. And then you've got this other group of infinites, the nihilists, that are basically like sick of reliving this life over and over again. They feel like it's a prison and they want to end all life as we know it. And so there is a device that they've created called the egg and the egg is intercepted and stolen by Evan played by Matt, uh, Mark Wahlberg's character in a previous life of his, he steals this from them and hides it away. Now, when fucking Evan is, uh, when this character, uh, of Treadway, uh, who becomes Evan in this, it's confusing. I get it, people. Uh, when it's, when he's reading. Yeah, Mark Wahlberg stole it, but yeah. it wasn't Mark Wahlberg. Stole yeah. It, but it, it, it was, it was Dylan O'Brien who originally stole it. And so now, now they're trying to fucking trigger Mark Wahlberg's memory from his previous life to find out where he hid the egg. Because, the good infinites want to find it to destroy the egg to save humanity. The bad infinites want to find the egg to wipe out all of humanity. The egg, its purpose, what it does is it kills every living thing on Earth. So once every living thing on Earth is destroyed, is killed, that means that they can't be reincarnated. So that's your fucking movie. And then Jason Mansukas shows up in here too. So there you go. <laughs> big laugh, big laughs are had. <laughs> Man, I like him in fucking animated shit. I like him in like traditional comedies. But when he shows up in like science fiction and dramas and shit, I'm just like fucking out, dude. He should not be in this movie. He does not fit in. This guy should just be fucking hosting podcasts where he's fucking cracking wise and all that shit. He should not be in a fucking science fiction movie. Man, this had Matrix written all over it. I've already seen The Matrix. It blew me the fuck away 20 plus years ago. This movie is just, it, it is the lowest of taste. It's, 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 it's the infinite reincarnated. They reincarnated The Matrix into this fucking movie when they made this shit. So, I, I gotta give it the lowest of taste. It's, I think that uh, it has an interesting, cool concept that I think would be better served if it was an actual kind of like series and they didn't start from the end. They actually started from the beginning where we get to see kind of like each one of these lives play out 
you know, and then move forward in the timeline, you know, each season. Like, each season they start with a different time period and they move forward. This just starts, like, towards, like, man, here's the fucking egg and we've got all these memories of the past and, like, oh, I, I, I remember you from fucking, you know, 2,000 years ago and all this shit. And I'm, Jake, I, I was, dude, I was, like, so checked out of this movie. Um, oh, yeah. This movie was hot garbage. I'm surprised you low-tasted it. it. It's a giant toss-it for me. I I also had the same thought that this could work as a TV series, that it, it felt like there was just so much information bogging down this movie that was like got in the way of me ever having a good time. Um, and that information was, most of it, so silly and ridiculous. Like, the idea of the good infinites and the bad infinites, I thought, like... On paper, it's a cool idea, but the execution was just so stupid. Like, the Good Infinites had a plane with their fucking logo on it. They had the logo, like, <laughs> sewn on the seats of their plane. And it, it literally like, said, it literally said Good Infinites. Yeah. Like, why no, I'm kidding. For this fucking egg instead of wasting time putting branding your logo <laughs> on your fucking airplane seats. It's like, bad. what the fuck is going on with these people? Um, Mark Wahlberg really drug it down. Like, it, it really brought me back to the Tim Burton Planet of the Apes, and it's like, Mark Wahlberg is not your go-to guy to react to really outlandish things happening. Like, it always takes you out of the movie. He is so terrible at that. Like, when Mark Wahlberg is playing, like, Boogie Nights or The Departed, when it's, like, grounded in reality, it works, and he has some of his most breakout performances. But anytime he's expected to confront outlandish, outworldly ideas, it just falls flat in its face like oh my god he really whoa 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 are you saying that mark Wahlberg was not oscar worthy in his performance (laughs) in transformers age of extinction jake is that what you're saying that's another great example of him just bringing down science fiction like oh my god he's so bad i thought the special effects also were so terrible in this movie um it made me think of like it really gave me a whole new respect for the Mission Impossible movies when we did the jump out of the plane scene in this movie. Uh-huh. It was the most green screen, 15 years old looking thing I'd seen in a long time. Like, I was just blown away that they, like, let this pass and let it happen. It's easily the worst Antoine Fuqua movie. Yes. I'm shocked that yes. he's the person that directed it. Me too. Um, I read that Chris Evans was supposed to be the star of this movie instead of Mark Wahlberg, and he had to back out due to scheduling conflicts, and those are the best scheduling conflicts he's ever had in his life. Um, Chris Evans Evans would have been better, but he could not have saved this movie. This movie didn't fall flat because of Mark Wahlberg. He was just like another piece of the puzzle that toppled this whole tower over. Um, Man, this was fucking bad. Uh, from, From top to bottom. Um, interesting concepts. I, I think something could be done with the reincarnated over and over and over again and being able to remember the skills and the things that happened to you before. And I even like the idea of having this like group of friends that moves along with you too, where it's like this like five to eight people that have this thing going on. Well, the romantic the romantic couple I gave no fucks about. Yes, yes. I, that was fucking bullshit. It just all of that was mishandled. Like just the the simple premises, cool stuff could be done, but it was just so fucking mishandled. Uh, yeah, this movie's fucking terrible. <laughs> Matt, did you did you get a chance to see this? No, again, not, not available in over here, dude. So. Uh, yeah, well, you know what? You were you were spared. 
<laughs> when you were spared, man. I, I watched two awake, so I think I paid. For <laughs> <laughs> I paid my penance. I feel so bad for that. I decided to see this movie too. I, I I think it's kind of a big tentpole project for Paramount. They seem to be really selling the fact that it's a, exclusive to that network. I think it has good enough star power. I think it has a very powerful director. Uh, on paper, I was excited to hit play on the remote to oh, watch yeah. this movie. Yeah. And I think that adds to my toss it because I was really shocked at the quality of movie that I was watching once I started watching it. Yeah. Stephanie, did you get a chance to see Infinite? I did, and I'm never getting that time back. <laughs> I, okay, I have some notes. Wait, so I totally toss it from Jump. I said it has the bones. A lot of what Jake said actually are my notes. Bones for a great story. I think Mark Wahlberg is completely miscast. I think this is not for him. I, I don't. I don't. I not only do I think he drugged them. I think he brought the movie. I think part of the reason the movie didn't work for me was him specifically, but that's not the only reason. I felt like what made me think that it felt like the King's Guard for me was like the constant like. I know it's it's a slightly different concept, but like maintaining these skills that you develop over time and you just keep coming here, you just keep, you die and you come back in a new body and the King's, King's Guard, you just wake up in the same body after you're, after you die. But it, it kind of had that feel for me. Um, I would have loved to have seen anybody else other than Mark Wahlberg in this, in this film. I also felt like to me that there was a chance, the concept isn't terrible, but there was a chance for like, like actual world building that was completely missed. And it, for me, it felt like the second installment of like a like of like a trilogy or something. Yeah, it didn't feel yeah. like the first movie. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Jason Mansukis shows up, and I cannot help but hear the kid from Big Mouth who has sex with pillows. I just couldn't. <laughs> I couldn't un- unhear it. Uh, <laughs> and then the I heard that they I- cut that scene out of this movie. <laughs> I heard that that's on. I heard that that's on the cutting room floor. That they almost put it into this movie, but they took the it out. The jumping out of plane scene, I agree, was ridiculous. It almost looked like a video game. It almost looked like I was looking at something completely not ready for television. What if or, they would have played? What if they jumping out of the plane? What if they would have started to play? <laughs> You'll concede it would have been better. It would have been better. Right. <laughs> it would have felt like it was accepting its cheese. Like, it, cause they tried to play it serious and that's why it didn't work. And I mean, just so many CGI stunts. It's like, we need a real fucking stunt here at some point. It, it just CGI stunt after CGI stunt and the CGI is so bad. Yeah. Um, they introduced the concept of like, they very quickly introduced the concept of like, pulling somebody's soul out and all like keeping it on a hard drive or something and then they showed it in Chidwell's um, office later in the movie and then like they blew him up and that's it like they talked about that's like the ultimate fear like you'd rather die the regular way but like you introduced it and never touched on it again like it was just a lot of nothing uh, it was just a, it was yeah, fucking terrible that's a great that's a great point they introduce it like it's like dip to cartoons for Roger Rabbit but there's really no payoff with it whatsoever none well, okay. I got a question for you, Jake. Let's say you get reincarnated. You know, you've been reincarnated, and you come back, and you're reincarnated, and now you got a tiny dick. Do you kill? <laughs> Hold on. Do you do you, do you kill yourself? Roll the dice and hope you come back. 
that's that's really that really sucks because I would assume that the skill that I would retain in my next life would be how good of a masturbator I am, <laughs> and now I'm stuck with the tiny dick. Yeah, I'm so. just saying. I'm just saying. Like, and that's like it's like you know, it's like oh fuck. Well, this this life's a wash. Well, you know, let's whatever. Fuck yeah, it. I mean, I, if I knew, I just because they even kind of say you're better off killing yourself than getting hit by this thing that'll you know erase you forever. Like yeah, if I know I'm just gonna be reborn again, then fuck it, let's just reset. And they, I, I thought what they were gonna like maybe introduce is like you can be reborn as like, you know, like if you're a man, you can possibly be reborn as a woman. They never even introduced any of that. Like, like oh. it was all like the men are just they come back as yeah, men. Yeah, fifteen and, men, and even that one woman, like we see her, like all her stuff hanging up on her wall. It's like she never once was a guy. Yeah, I, I, I was thinking to myself like, ah. Eh, you know, I, it, why, you know, can't you just have them come back as different genders and stuff like that? I think that that would have made the story a little bit more interesting as well. And none of that was introduced. It was, I don't know. I also thought there was no suspense as to where the egg was. I, I, I felt like I knew the entire time. Like, they don't hide, like, what's going on. Like, once you know that that first scene was Mark Wahlberg in a past life, like, you saw what he did. Like, I... I don't know if they just expect the audience to forget or be stupid, but it's like he's cauterizing himself with the fucking cigarette lighter attachment from the car. Let's not, let's not spoil the entire movie, Jake. I mean, yeah. <laughs> my point is the movie spoils itself in the first like 10 minutes. Like, I, I, I know. I, I'm I just think there was no, it was like, oh, that's where it is. Like, oh man, this movie's bad. I don't care if I spoil it. If it stops someone from watching it, then job well done, Jake. <laughs> Han dies, right, Jake? Yeah. Fuck. All, right. all of them. If you're Han and you're in a movie, you're going to die. That's true. That's true. Fast and Furious. Uh, last, last thing. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Not good. Infinite, not good. <laughs> That's what we've learned. Infinite, not good. Uh, no, Oxygen, by far the best oh, yeah. movie that we watched this week. Absolutely. I agree. Uh, did anybody watch any episodes of Fresh, Fried, and Crispy on Netflix? I watched the first two. Same. I watched the first one. I watched the first episode. Uh, passionate about food and ready for fun. Critic Dame Drops drops in on America's smoking hot spots for the best fresh takes on fried food. <laughs> and, uh, first, <laughs> I don't know why I said it like that. It was stupid. <laughs> Saint, he, first place he goes to is St. Louis. And, um, I, I mean, it's, it's basically, you gotta, it, it's a guy who started off his career, uh, doing, fast food reviews on YouTube and he did a really passionate review about a sandwich and it took off and now he's got a Netflix show and he's able to go to uh, these restaurants in different uh, cities and uh, he'll, he'll go to three restaurants and then give you the victor of like who's the best and um, in St. Louis he went to Zia's, he went to Grace Meats Plus Three and then what was the what was the vegan restaurant he went to? I don't remember the name, I apologize. I forget what it was called but it was where he had the, the faux chicken sandwich. Yeah, he had the <laughs> vegan chicken sandwich. I, I'm calling bullshit on that, man. There there's no way it was as good as he said it was. There's no way that that vegan chicken sandwich beats that fucking fried bologna sandwich. There's no fucking way. 
Yeah, the fried bologna is what I wanted to try the most from that first episode. Me too. D- Jake, I'm going to St. Louis. It's not that far from me. I'm going to Grace Meats Plus 3. I'm eating that fried bologna sandwich. Now, that fucking guy, he can take his beaver ravioli and cram it right <laughs> up his ass. There's no fucking, there's no way in fuck I'm eating beaver ravioli. The only beaver ravioli this tongue's going on is a fucking vagina. That's it. That's the only fucking. <laughs> Okay, I'm done, I'm done, I'm done. (laughs) Drip, drip. Yes, yes. But, and, and Zia's looked amazing with like their their food, you know? But man, there's, there is no way that fucking vegan chicken sandwich beats out that fucking fried bologna sandwich. But I, I think, honestly, I think this guy is a fun host. I think he brings out the best of the, these restaurateurs and like the, the, you know, the, the, the cooks in the kitchen. I think it's a, I think it's a, I, I love watching. I used to watch Man vs. Food when that was on, uh, was it a Food Network? I used to watch that show. I love watching like these, uh, I don't watch the, the Guy Fieri thing though, where he goes around and shit, but I like no, watching. I hate him. He rubs me the wrong way. Yeah, I don't like, he, uh, yeah. He's I'm not, a bit, a bit extra for, for my taste. Yeah, yeah. I've been, I've been told I'm a little extra for some people's taste, Jake. <laughs> I can see it. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I, I I look at myself sometimes and I'm like, Jesus Christ, Brian, you are a little extra, man. You need to you're at eleven, dude. Let's take it down to a seven, okay, bro? <laughs> I get it. I get no you're not wrong. Alright? None of the the iTunes reviewers that don't like me, you're not wrong. You're not you're not necessarily wrong. Um but uh I did enjoy the first episode. I can't wait to watch more of this, man. I want to see, like, I want to see what uh, these other cities have to offer. But man, I was blown away by that fried bologna sandwich, man. I want to fucking, oh, I want to eat that so bad, Jake. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I, I Tupperware this show, actually. I thought, um, Dame really carried it. I thought he was so charismatic and so good in this role. It made me want to go see some of those like YouTube fast video videos that he did. Yeah. Um, I, I thought the second episode was even better than the first. Um, just based on the stuff I wanted to eat that was in the second episode really hit me. Where, hey, what, what, what city did they go to in the second? Uh, they one? go to Savannah. Savannah, Georgia? Yes, yes, Savannah, Georgia, and they have a fucking no, that, no, no, bro, no, Brian, Savannah, North Dakota. They go to the fucking Savannah. They go to the they go to the Sahara Desert, Brian. They do a peach cobbler on a stick, which I mean, they put like an entire peach on a fucking stick, and they glaze it in sugar, and they deep fry that motherfucker. Oh wow! It looked absolutely fucking delicious. They had a deep fried chicken pot pie. That they did at one of the restaurants. I'm not a fan of chicken pot pies. Uh, yeah, this looked like it was more like a burrito. Hold on, hold on, Stephanie. I feel like you're a hold on. I feel like you're a fan of chicken pot pies. Where do you? Okay, are you talking about fucking like going to the grocery store and buying a frozen chicken pot pie like a banquet? Are you talking about no. going to like a like a legit restaurant where they're just fucking they they got the chicken pot pie and they fucking prepared this shit for you? Restaurant. Restaurant. See, that's the thing. I ne- I I guess I haven't ventured into restaurant chicken pot pie. You want to know what they are? Do you want to know what's a good middle chicken pot pie that's not a, like a banquet but also not like 
a thirty dollar chicken pot pie at a restaurant. Are you gonna say if you're gonna say Marie Callender? <laughs> if you fucking say Marie Callender, I'm I'm fuck I'm leaving the podcast right now. Boston chicken. Boston chicken. Boston market. A Boston oh. market. Was it ever called Boston chicken? I think it's Boston Market. I love their pot pies, though. Pot if pies. you go to one of their like restaurants and get them, they're delicious there too. They are really. Mm-hmm. Who thought? Who thought of making? Who thought of that? They're like, you know what? I like pies and I like chicken. I'm going to make a chicken pot pie. Yeah, like me. I think meat pies came first, probably like the beef pie. Yeah. Um, there's been a lot of stuff like that. Shepherd's pie. I like a good shepherd's pie. I love shepherd's pie too. Um, yeah. yeah. I think they came out of like needing to be portable for like men who worked in like I'm making mines. I'm making that up, but like I think that's where they came from. They need to be like portable, but like hearty and filling. Yeah, hearty oh, history lesson. And it's it's all in, it's all it's all there. It's it all is. there, and it's all in a and it's all in a goddamn pie. <laughs> They're like you're gonna get your protein, you're getting your vegetables. It's a hearty fucking meal, and it's all in a goddamn pie. Is what they told you. <laughs> Jake, I am at eleven. I need to take it down to a seven, don't I, sir? No, no. I think that's too. That you're down in it too far down. I think All you right. need to go from eleven to nine. All right, eleven to nine. Hey, uh, Matt, what did you think about the first episode? I hated it. What? I hated it. I just found it to be fake and badly scripted and buzzwordy and just fucking awful. But the trouble is, when you've got shows like The Chef, the the, the Favreau show, that, that's very, very kind of relaxed, doesn't seem scripted, doesn't seem like it's put on, and they're actually showing you how stuff is being cooked. I'm, that, I find that much more entertaining now than sitting watching someone just gorge themselves on fried food and not telling you how it's made. It, it, it's, I know it's, it's a silly little nitpick, but I just and I just didn't like the host at all. It, he just didn't. He just rubbed me the wrong way completely. Okay. Oh, okay. So you like you like you want to see the process? A little, I want to see a little bit more of the process. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because like literally, like yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. Like this show doesn't really get into like the process of how they're making these things. And uh, yeah, no, that's I mean, a good they point. Do it's more amazing. Of that. They do more in the second episode. They do. They do. All right, I might might go. I might give it one more episode then. But I I say he rubbed me the wrong way anyway. But I I liked if you were going to show me this amazing stuff that that is going to tantalize me on TV. I want to be able to try and cook it, or I want to at least think that I might be able to try and cook it. I think I I think that they just it feels more like they just want to kind of get you out to the restaurant and to try it on your own and uh and that's the thing that that like it really made me want to take a trip to st louis and try that arancini that they they, they those 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 that rice ball that they had at that zia's yeah i i was like holy shit next time i'm in st louis i definitely want to go to zia's and i want to try that and and um yeah, but I get what you're saying, Matt. Like the the whole process of making it, even Man vs. Food when he did the food challenges, they would kind of go back into the kitchen, talk with the. Yeah, there was a lot more of yeah. the prep work involved in it. Yeah, and, and you know, and I say that Chef is is kind of the pinnacle at the moment for those kind of cooking shows and, and different food shows because that's 
you know, it, it, I mean, it's well produced and it, it shows you the whole process, which I really enjoy. Yeah. I'm a devil's yeah. advocate here and say that a lot of the places they visited in the first two episodes were mom and pop restaurants. And there were a couple occasions where you could tell they were purposely not showing exactly how they made these dishes because these places survive on a little bit of the secrecy of what it takes to make some of these dishes that they're making. So they can't really like 100% delve into, okay, this is how we make this particular thing because then why the hell? I think it's a little bit of an advertisement for these restaurants and for these towns and to help like generate some money in the, uh, the dining business. Yeah, I, I can I completely understand where you're coming from, but for for me that doesn't work because I, I'm I'm a lot further away than a day trip. To, to yeah, go yeah, yeah. So it, it really doesn't, you know, um, just doesn't. Yeah, it didn't really didn't really float my boat. Yeah. No, I get. I. I oh, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, the I was put off by the host a bit, um, and all of these shows like Triple D and Man vs. Food. There's always like some kind of like gimmicky thing with the host, but with him, I feel like, and they're all annoying. Like all those gimmicky things are annoying. Although yep. I find those shows entertaining. Yeah. And he was like kissing the food. He's like, I've got. To, he's like, I need a moment. I need to kiss it. And I'm like, just get on with it. Just yeah. Oh god! When he took a bite of that I fucking love well, <laughs> he took a bite of a certain sandwich or something. I can't remember what it was, and he had all the food in his beard. Oh, that was the uh, that was the bologna sandwich. The bologna sandwich. He had like half yeah, of the. the he literally beard. had half of the bologna sandwich hanging <laughs> off the the right side of his beard, and I was so put off by that. I was like hoping that somebody from the crew would come over there and wipe it off his fucking face. <laughs> It was like, it was like, bro, you got fucking half of the sandwich on the side of your face, dude. Was, <laughs> Leftovers. I mean, yeah, somebody, somebody should have told him, dude. You got fucking, you got food on your face, Jake. Jake, if I had food on my face, I want you to tell me. Oh, for sure, you know I would. Oh, but I know you it, would. It, it, it was kind of every time they were cooking something, it reminded me of Elzar from from Futurama, and that kind of bam, kind of, you know. I mean, very buzzwordy and it was and, a very slickly produced show. I, I yeah. do agree with that, Matt. It, it like has that like MTV style of production. Yeah, where, but that's kind of one of the things I appreciated about it was it was very like it never gave you time to slow down. It was less than a half an hour each episode. I, I this was like the perfect kind of show that I would watch like right before going to bed. Yeah, I like yeah I like the way you put that, Jake. I just wanted to see like what these different places had to offer, like. What different foods are they serving at these places that, like, I've never seen before? I've never seen Arancini, so I was kind of like, what the fuck is Arancini? Yeah, yeah, I quite enjoyed it. <laughs> Alrighty. Let's take a break and come <laughs> What? <laughs> what, Stephanie? You, you got this. You, you've got this fucking little judgmental giggle going on. I don't. <laughs> yes, you do. I'm fine. No, I'm fine. no. I want to get no. be. I want to get behind the mystery of your goddamn giggle. I'm sorry. No, I'm not asking. I'm I'm not asking for an apology. I'm asking for a goddamn explanation. Is what I'm asking. I thought for. it was funny. You said alrighty, and I thought it was a little funny, so I chuckled a bit. <laughs> was that so hard? That's a good answer. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. I, I've laughed at Ryan's alrighty a few times. That's for sure. <laughs> Is that something I do? Yeah, yeah, it yeah. happens. Oh God, I'm so predictable. 
not in a bad way, and it's not every time, but it, it's definitely like sometimes you use it to like move from one thing to the next um, more often than not, like right before we're going to take a break. Oh my god! Now I'm not, now I'm self aware. I feel like I I feel like I. Yeah, you'll forget. You'll forget. No, I feel like Evan in Infinite, and now I know. <laughs> You were Ace Ventura in your past life, and that's the skill you brought. All righty, that. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, man. <laughs> We're going to take a break and we're going to come back with the Pop Culture Leftovers news. I got one more movie review before we use it up. Oh, we're not. Wait, we're not leaving. (laughs) We're going nowhere. No, we're taking the break still because I'm dancing. Okay, we'll be right back with uh, with Jake's with Jake's mysterious review. Making pancakes, making bacon pancakes. Take some bacon and I'll put it in a pancake. Bacon pancakes, that's what it's gonna make. Bacon Hey, we are back. We are not jumping into the news. We are not. We we are being held up from jumping into the news because Jake wants to talk about something that he saw that I know you're gonna fucking rave about it, and it's just gonna drive me fucking crazy, Jake. I am. You're gonna fucking you're gonna suck the dick of this fucking thing, and the I whole time I'm checked out, dude. I'm fucking I'm checked out. <laughs> listen, listen, dude. When you're talking about this fucking thing, I'm gonna be on Reddit. Okay, and I'm gonna be. Li- I'm, I'm going to the M- uh, Marvel Studios spoiler subreddit. And Jake, you have the floor, sir. Thank you. Yes, I watched In the Heights. I was able to see In the Heights in the IMAX cinema. Um, this is directed by John Chu. He directed Dirty Rich Asians and written by Lin Manuel Miranda. Uh, it's loosely based off the neighborhood. Did you say Dirty Rich Asians? Uh, crazy Rich Asians. Yeah. You said Dirty Rich Asians. Did I really? That's Did- a completely different movie. Yeah, man. That that stars Drip Drip, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Filthy Rich Asians, the sequel. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, I typed up. Stephanie, did he or did he not say Dirty Rich Asians? I didn't hear Dirty. Maybe I misheard him. I, I thought I said crazy, but I could have misspoke. I do that shit all the time where I say the wrong word. Mm. Okay. It's like one of those things though where I say the wrong word and then I'm not convinced that I said the wrong word. Like I'm that person a lot. Okay. I'm sorry, Jake. The, I'm sorry. I thought you were going to be on Reddit. I am on. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. Reddit says episodes four and five of Loki will expand into new territory. Teases Tom Hiddleston. The whole series takes off in a direction that I certainly didn't see coming. So yes, I am on Marvel Studios spoilers Reddit, Jake. But go ahead and talk about go ahead and talk about four and five is the new direction you never saw coming in every MCU show yet to come. 
Yeah, Tom Hiddleston with man, what what a hot take. Go ahead, Jake. Talk about <laughs> yeah. well, you you distract you with that. Huh? <laughs> but yeah, it's um, written by Lin Manuel Miranda. He did you know Hamilton, wrote the songs for Moana, has a bunch of other projects in, in the works, including that weird Andrew Garfield Netflix musical musical thing that he's doing that's coming out soon. But yeah, this is you know it's basically a musical. It takes place in Washington Heights, New York. Uh, you follow a bunch of characters who all have different like aspirations to either move out of where they live or, or stay where they live for whatever reasons. And it, the movie just kind of explores like four or five central main characters and just kind of their emotions from growing up in this neighborhood in kind of a knit community where everyone knows each other and knows each other's business and knows each other's name. Um, you know, it's a real like kind of a Dominican neighborhood and a lot of that stuff going on here. And yeah, this was the highest of Tupperwares for me. This was such a spectacle. Um, if you're going to see it, I know it's available on HBO Max, but it's honestly worth it to get out of your chair and see this in IMAX. Um, this movie, the cinematography is just mind-blowing, and the stuff they do for the, the dance and song numbers, just wow. Like, just from the opening, like, 10-minute number, I was smiling from ear to ear, and then throughout this movie, I, I just experienced every emotion possible. I mean, it definitely was a tearjerker at times, and it was definitely like, oh, my God, what's going to happen next? It, like, wasn't just a musical, and it has a framing device, which I normally hate in movies, where it's like, it always feels like a spoiler because you're seeing this person in the future describe these things in the past and you have this kind of keen awareness of where the person in the future is at. So you have this feeling that like, well, nothing can change. You have to get to this point, but they, they do a nice little twist on that. And even at the end of that, when we found out what was really going on, like with the future narration, I, I was surprised by that. I thought all the characters were just so extremely likable. I thought, all the acting and singing was top notch. Um, yeah, this is a must see. If you're not adverse to musical theater, this is an IMAX must see. I, I believe this is being replaced by Hitman's Bodyguard's Wife next week. Um, see this in IMAX before it gets bumped out because it is it is fantastic. I, I will be watching this probably half a dozen more times while I can for free on HBO Max. Just in the background, I, I loved it so much. I, Stephanie, did you like this movie? I did. I liked it a lot. Um, it's a beautiful film. Oh, first of all, I'm going to give it a high taste. It. It's um, it's beautiful. I think it's a, it's colorful. The the and when I say I'm trying to say the people are colorful without some like a uh, total racist. Like the people are colorful in a way that's like they're everybody's got a different personality. They're all from different places, but they all like call this this section of New York called Brooklyn Heights or Washington Heights home. It's a beautiful film only reason it's not a Tupperware for me is I think they could have shaved some time off. It's long. It's about two and a half hours. Um, other than that, it's a great film. I have not seen Hamilton yet. I think the only person on the planet, maybe. No, no, Hamilton. I, no. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Okay. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm amongst friends. Hey, okay. Matt, 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 real quick. Check your Facebook messenger. <laughs> and um, I thought the acting was great. I thought they gave just enough and gave us just enough meat from like the, there's like five main people that whose stories you follow. They gave us just enough to be invested. I agree. I laughed quite a bit. I cried at times. Um, I was surprised at points of the movie where I thought something would like zig and it zagged. Um, it was great. If yeah, if you don't mind musicals, then I would highly recommend, like highly recommend this one. Um, another reason I think I didn't give it a, t- one other reason I didn't, I won't Tupperware is because 
I didn't need Lin-Manuel Miranda in the movie. Like, his song and, like, the par- the parts where he did, they're a little kitschy, but just kind of, like, unnecessary. It just feels like it's there for him to be in the film. Um, yeah, he, he definitely of all the of all the parts felt a little bit forced, but I, I still had a big smile for that part. I thought his song yeah. was, was very very fun. Yeah, it was yeah, good. But, that was great. Yeah, I, I was. I actually this might be a hot take, but I, I enjoyed this more than Hamilton. I, I just found it more relatable and a more like Hamilton so steeped in like the history and the lore of all that that it's not really a fun watch per se. Um, and I just was a lot more invested in these characters who I could relate with a lot more than, you know, our forefathers. <laughs> I can feel that. Yeah. <laughs> and it came across, <laughs> it came across too as the like, and I know it's a musical and like you're, you're aware of that when you're watching it, but you're also like, I felt, I felt as though like, these are like real situations. These are real, this is a real place that people live. Well, clearly it's real, but. And these are really ways people live their lives. People end up, you know, they blink and next thing you know, 15 years have passed and they haven't followed their dreams or they're stuck in the same place or they feel like they've made a wrong decision or, or they want to stay. Fucking hosting a, you're hosting a podcast where people are talking about a fucking musical you don't give a shit about. <laughs> I was also surprised that uh, I thought Jimmy Smith was really good in this. And I, yes. I didn't know Jimmy Smith could carry a tune as well as Jimmy Smith I didn't a tune. <laughs> I was also surprised. That's a great point. You know who else can carry a tune? The guy from Six Underground, whose name I don't know. Oh, yeah. I, I'm not sure who yeah. that is either. That's the, um... The, what character was it? He was the black guy, the, the dispatch. You guys know who else can carry a tune? Bonnie yeah. Tyler. Bonnie fucking Tyler. All right, resume. That would have been the worst song in the movie. Oh been. God! Oh my I God! Thought. That that's that's what's getting me in the theater, Jake. That's what's getting my IMAX ticket for In the Heights. I, I am not trying to sell this to you. You've already convinced yourself that this is something that you would never want to watch. I, it surprises me, though. I really think there would be a lot of meat for you to chew on here. I think you would find something to like. In There's here. a lot of meat for me to chew on in a chicken pot pie. Well, you haven't tried that either. I have. No, I've tried chicken pot pies, sir. Oh, you're just not a fan. Not a fan of chicken pot pies. There's not a lot of meat for me to chew on in the vegan nugs. <laughs> Jake, okay. I love, I love going to live theater and watching musicals in person. It's just, I, I've always had a huge problem with watching them on television. I, on TV or in the movies. That's, that, that's my biggest obstacle with this. It, I don't, feel like it always translates from like the live, you know, audience the actually watching the on stage performance to I don't think it always translates well for me uh as a viewer watching it on the screen. So if like if there was like a version of In the Heights that I could watch like you know, performed on stage, I would probably love it, man. I, I fucking everything that I've ever every musical I've ever been to that I've seen on stage I've absolutely adored. But uh you know, I think the there's only there's a hand, like a very small handful of musicals that I can watch on TV. And I honestly, the only one I can think off the top of my head is Little Shop of Horrors. Yeah, that, that's a classic. I just think that the direction and the cinematography really brings this to another level that you couldn't do in the Broadway version. Like, it's hard for me to imagine the constrainments of this being a Broadway musical after seeing just how, like, wide open they made it in this movie. It, it was incredible to look at. Right. But I'm done. 
Hey, Matt, what's going on on the PCL Facebook page? Matt. I was on mute. I was talking to myself again. Sorry. <laughs> there's, a, there's a really nice new Black Widow post to put, be put up. There's a Black Widow post on the on the yeah. PCL Facebook page? What's it say? Uh, it says, Jake is talking about hashtag in the Heights on the podcast, and I don't care. So I'm posting a new Black Widow poster. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Is it a good poster? <laughs> it is a really good poster. Yeah, I like it. I like it. Oh, like <laughs> I've already got some people, people enjoying this post. Uh, Matt Kirby, you gave it a laughing emoji. Thank you, sir. Ah. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> because that's what fuels me. Um, guys, let's jump into the pop culture. Can we get out of the heights and into the news? <laughs> <laughs> Into the news. Are you going to sing us a number? Yes. <laughs> oh, man. I'm getting like Steve to this episode. <laughs> oh, that song man. is my intergalactic. Dude, Steve, like, literally, like, after every episode that he's ever been on, I think he's always messaged me and said, dude, thank you. I had a great time. Crickets after the last one. Oh, yeah. Really? <laughs> Nothing. Like, I haven't heard. Like, I think I am dead to Steve. <laughs> I think I am dead to Steve after the last episode he was on. I think Steve hates my guts. I really. <laughs> it's hard to know what you put out of Huh? Weren't you on an episode with Steve? No, no. Podcast? I don't think I'm ever going to get invited back to Cast ever again. <laughs> I think my days of being like, you know, hey, Brian, what are you, are you free? I think those days are over. <laughs> <laughs> like he's Ooh. in another dimension. <laughs> another dimension. Oh another dimension. Oh, my God. <laughs> Uh, guys, let's jump in to the pop culture leftovers news. Hear ye, hear ye, read all about. You know what? Part of me was like, "Hey, let's jump into the news." <laughs> I didn't do it though. All right, yeah, hear ye, hear ye, all uh, whatever you know. Guys, I don't, I don't know what to believe. Um, wasn't there a report a couple weeks ago that? Uh, Elijah Wood was going to be the villain in the Toxic Avenger movie. Yeah, I remember reading that. I don't know if that's true or not, because I'm reading on Dark Horizons today that uh, Kevin Bacon has joined the cast of the reboot of Troma's Entertainment, The Toxic Avenger, in what is said to be a slick villain role. Macon Blair penned the script and directs the story of a struggling everyman played by Peter Dinklage who is pushed into a vat of toxic waste and transformed into a mutant freak. He goes from shunned outcast to underdog hero. Underdog hero, Matt. I'm, I'm yep, on board. About it. I, I love that. I Tupperware this movie already. No. Uh, <laughs> underdog. <laughs> Speaking of heroes. All right. <laughs> uh, 
he goes from shunned outcast to underdog hero as he races to, races to save his son, his friends, and his community from the forces of corruption and greed. Jacob Tremblay and Taylor Page are also involved in the project, which will shoot later this month in Bulgaria. Hold on. A uh, couple of interesting things to talk about here. Number one, uh, Elijah Wood. I don't know if that casting's been confirmed, but if it's not, it looks like Kevin Bacon is going to be the villain in this one. They call him a slick villain. I don't know what that's supposed to be, but uh, slick villain. And then another thing that I really took away from this was the fact that they... It, they're kind of changing the story here. They're saying that uh, the Toxic Avenger goes from shunned outcast to underdog hero. That makes sense. As he races to save his son? Hold on. I Oh, boy. That's, that's new. So are we guessing that they've kind of written the son part for Jacob Tremblay? It's a solid guess, no? Yeah. 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 Who else would it be? Um, maybe Peter Dinklage is his son. <laughs> Stupid dude. You said it so seriously. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god oh my god i want to see that movie where jacob tremblay jacob tremblay wears like a little fake mustache and then we've got a we've got a clean shaven peter dinklage and he's dressed like like the one of like the my buddy dolls from like the 1980s jake with like overalls and shit and jacob tremblay is the daddy Oh my god, that is ridiculous, Jake. You're, you are, are a ridiculous human being. Um, I don't, I don't, okay. It sounds like Elijah Wood's not even in the movie anymore. It doesn't. I, I, I it, well, it didn't. There's nothing on IMDb for him in the movie. Yeah. I, I feel like that, I feel like even when I posted it on Facebook, I, I think I said something about like, this is the rumor. I don't know if it's true or not, but. Um, yeah, it doesn't look like that is true. It looks like we're getting Kevin Bacon as the villain here in the Toxic Avenger with Peter Dinklage. I don't, ugh. Matt, are you a fan of the Toxic Avenger? Um, uh, to be honest with you, I don't think I've ever seen the movies. I've read some of the comics. Yeah. Um, it was always kind of a, it's very, very difficult to find over here because if you found it on VHS, it was like the fucking Holy Grail, and it was never put on TV. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I, I, I kind of, I want to see them do a, a decent attempt at a, a reboot, but I don't know whether they're going to, they're going to try and make it too serious. <sighs> I, I, I'm really worried they're going to try and make it too kind of, yeah, too. too too serious and it's not going to it's going to it's going to miss ex- everything that it was about originally yeah 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 jake um this i mean everything's better with bacon is the toxic avenger better with bacon yeah i don't I, i'm gonna have to disagree with matt i i i am also worried that it's not going to be a good movie but i am not worried that they're going to take it too seriously I, I think it's impossible to take the ip the toxic avenger and think you're 
the way to go is the serious direction. And I think casting Kevin Bacon as the main villain is a little bit of the proof in the pudding of that. I think he's going to be a great hammy, over-the-top bad guy character. Uh, that's kind of where Kevin... That's his lane these days, I feel oh, like. No, no, I, I agree with you there on the Kevin Bacon. It's, it's the synopsis about the the, the the son being in danger that kind of makes me think that they're going to go try and go a little bit more serious because that isn't... I, st- I still even think that could be ridiculous, you know? I think this character could be a, a toxic sludge mess, and he's a father raising a kid. <laughs> and I think the scenes involving that could be... I, I don't <laughs> think this movie is going to try to take itself too seriously. I, I think they have to know what they're working with here. Um, you know, the hard part is getting that perfect mix between can't be cheesy and actual human emotion. And I, whether or not they can pull that off, I don't know. But, but I'm not worried that they're going to try to make this thing, like, way too serious. I think they know it's a comedy action flick. I'll see. I don't know. I don't need it. I I think the time has come. I, I kind of went back and forth on this. At first, I didn't I didn't think I needed it. I mean, I still don't. I guess "need it" is a strong word, but I I'm willing to give this a shot. I think enough time has passed. I think the IP has just been sitting there doing nothing for quite a long time, um, and I don't think the original is this holy grail. Like it's it, we're hardly remaking Raiders of the Lost Ark here. Um, yeah, I, I think the time is now, and they should give this a shot. And uh, the cast is pretty good so far. That a ri- dude? I don't know. I think I think it, if, if you're if you if you were a kid from that time, I remember like the first time I, I was. I loved it. Yeah, <clears throat> I just don't know if you can. I don't. I don't think that. The, I. I just think getting big names in here and all this kind of has me worried. I just like I. I I, I I don't I don't have a lot of faith in this man. I uh, oh yeah, chances are it's going to be stupid. But I, yeah. I don't. I think it's an interesting IP to mine. I, I think it could be good. It has the potential, and I don't see it as any kind of disservice to the original. It, to me, it'd be the same if they decided to reboot Police Academy. It's like, dude, did I love that movie as a child? Yes. Is it? The Citizen Kane of fucking comedy movies. No, and I think the time is right to fucking honestly reboot that IP too. Uh, I, I I don't know. I, I need to revisit those movies because there are some really good fucking jokes in those movies. Yeah, I think there's a lot. There'd be a lot of great comedians that I would yeah. love to see, like as a you know. Oh God, we get Jason Mansukis would show up, wouldn't he? Hundred percent for sure. Yeah, he would. Yeah, he would. They can replace the guy that made all the noises with Stephanie making the drip noise. <laughs> <laughs> News from Bloody Disgusting. Uh, Rob Zombie officially confirms his next movie is The Monsters. Oh, my God. <laughs> this scares me way more than The Toxic Avenger. Me, too. I 100% yeah. agree with you there. Okay. This guy does not know the tone of The Monsters. No. <laughs> you Okay. Is So we're... I, Oh shit! Yeah, I'm officially yeah, I drunk. Agree with your cat? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now that was that, Jake. That was me. <laughs> I knocked that fucking beer bottle down. Um, Rob Zombie doesn't get comedy. Like this is not this. Is, so it's not going to be a comedy, is it? No, I wouldn't think so. Or maybe he just got it. Like he just watched his. He just watched like Austin Powers for the first time last week. 
Yeah. But I highly doubt it. I really think he's going to, like, he's pretty much, like, he's a competent director and a competent film writer, but this just seems like a, I don't want to see the monsters as a, like, serious slash horror genre movie. I don't think he's a competent film writer. I think he's a good director. I don't want him writing anything for this fucking movie. Yeah, he's a bit of a one-trick pony when it comes to the tone of what's going on in his stuff. And so you can you can almost close your eyes and like just imagine what this movie's going to be like, and it's not a good imagination. I think he's got a good eye. I think I like I like, you know, his visual shit, but man, I could I think his storytelling's terrible. Yeah, yeah. This is this is I'm not I toss this news. Like I it would really have to be a, a wow me off my seat trailer to make me change my mind. But yeah, this oh boy. And you tell me you like Phil Lord, Chris Miller are doing the monsters, I'm like, oh fuck, yeah, let's do it. I love the monsters. I'm a bigger fan of the monsters than I am Adam's family, and I always have been. Well, I'm the other way around on that, but I like both of them. I, I I grew up with the monsters. I grew up with the Adams family, but I always preferred the monsters. And, yeah, um, I think I'm with you, Brian. I, 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 Monsters was what I watched more than the Adams Family until probably until they rebooted the Adams Family. Yeah, um, yeah. The movies I, I was I watched the Monsters on a, on a daily basis. Same. Yeah. Uh, and I loved it. I always loved that. Yeah, I I love the Monsters. You know, they had like the I can't remember the the girl's name, but she was like the their relative. She was just like Wasn't a normal. Betty? Yeah, just she was a normal girl that lived with them. Yeah, yeah. I was completely and one hundred percent normal, and I, it's just you know, yeah, it, it's so funny. And yeah. we, we still got the box set somewhere. We we did sit sit back and watch it all again, and it still works. Yeah, and it's just like you know, we haven't really got anything monsters, and like for them to announce that it's Rob Zombie doing it, I was just like, oh god, this is just the wrong guy to be involved in this project so i i toss this news 100 percent. i you know stick stick the music dude i don't know i don't know stephanie are you a fan of monsters um not particularly i was more of an adam family kid um but i also i i appreciate the monsters i've seen i've seen the show um and i don't has that been a movie made already no right or has there has what there hasn't been a Munsters movie already. All I'm familiar with. Is, okay, that's what I thought. No, there was um, like a there was like a there was a Brian Fuller did Mockingbird Lane, but there hasn't been like a, I don't think that there's ever been. Wait, hold on. There's been a sequel television series titled The Munsters Today that ran from 1988 to 1991, which I've never seen. Which I did. I remember I, that. It was it was really bad. I did watch. Did you ever watch the Leave It to Beaver revival that they had? No. Oh, I I loved that show. <laughs> they had all the original cast back: Tony Dow, Jerry Mathers, Barbara Billingsley. Yeah. Okay. But you know this off the top of your head. Yeah. Except IMDb. except for Hugh Beaumont, the father. He had passed Jake. I know that all off the top of my head. Is that fucked up, Jake? Did I know that? A little bit. So the only the only comedy that zombies ever done is the haunted world of El Supistio, isn't it? 
if you ever watch that. What is it? Animation. Never heard of that. It, 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 I mean, it came out in what? It was 2009. I bought it, I watched it, I got rid of it. It was not good. Hmm. It was not funny. It was kind of just cottoning onto a bit of a tongue in cheek, um, cell shaded kind of 50s style cartoon that was just a lot of tits, ass, swearing, blood, gore, and really stupid dick jokes. Mm, drip, drip, oh, right? It's animated. Yeah. Ah, it is not good. Oh. So I, yeah, this I'm is not thrilled about him doing a, a monsters. Yeah, Matt's got his elbow on the mute button. This podcast. <laughs> I know. <laughs> news news from comicbook.com uh, new Lord of the Rings movie coming to theaters from Warner Brothers uh, the announcement comes courtesy of New Line Cinema and Warner Brothers Animation the companies are teaming up to bring Middle Earth anime to life the movie will be titled The Lord of the Rings The War of Rohirrim what is it Matt Rohirrim Rohirrim oh man Shit, I should have had fucking you read this story. <laughs> I, I sounded I sounded like a like a car not starting when I said it. I thought you had a hair. I was like The War of War of the one nailed it. Uh, and it will be set in the same timeline as Peter Jackson's films. Uh, 20 years after delivering the award-winning The Lord of the Rings trilogy based on the iconic books of J.R. Tolkien, New Line Cinema has partnered with Warner Brothers Animation to produce an original anime feature directed by acclaimed filmmaker Kenji Kamiyama that will plunge fans into a legendary battle that helped shape Middle-earth and set the stage for the epic adventures brought to life in the Lord of the Rings film trilogy. Uh, the War of... will act as a... <laughs> will act as a prequel to the tale found in Jackson's film so you can expect to explore the world of Helm's Deep. This means the King of Rohan will come into full focus as fans come face-to-face with Helm Hammerhand on screen. Uh, no casting has been announced for the anime film. So, yeah, we're getting a Lord of the Rings anime coming to theaters. And uh, first off, I'm going to ask the thought... Let's just get it out of the way. Jake, you, you're not a fan of the new Lord of the Rings Amazon series that they announced... What about what about animated version Lord of the Rings? Would you would yeah, you, you know, I, go ahead? I saw this headline and my first reaction was to groan. Um, I mean, because the headline kind of buries the lead. It kind of just tells you new Lord of the Rings movie coming set in Peter Jackson's universe and it's a prequel. And hearing those three things, I was like, oh my god, more Peter Jackson universe prequels for Lord of the Rings? God no. And then I read the article. The article actually tells you it's, you know, going to be animated, going to be an anime. And I think that is really cool. I, I We don't get to see much anime on the big screen, at least not in wide release. And 
and this is obviously going to get the wide release treatment because of what it is and i think this is a really good avenue to do lord of the rings stuff i i'm much more excited to see this than any other future lord of the rings projects um i'm willing to eat crow on the amazon thing i mean um it it does not take place in peter jackson's universe right uh, no, it, it's it not in Peter Jackson's universe, uh, as far as I know. It's just it's in Tolkien's Middle Earth. That's it's a, its own interpretation, visual interpretation of the Tolkien stuff. It's not like connected in any way to Jackson's interpretation. Not to my knowledge. Not to my knowledge. It's 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 all stuff that you would get in Silmarillion, and it's stuff that takes place way before like um, the actual, you know, the first battle for Middle Earth where. You know, you've got, uh, you know, Sauron and the ring and all that shit, so. Yeah, but it, it's very interpretive. It, it could directly even contradict stuff. I don't think it's, it's, it's gonna be a little bit more imaginative as far as the storylines. It's not beholden a hundred percent. It's more inspired by Tolkien than adapted from Tolkien, from what I've understood. And I'm willing to eat crow that if it ends up, you know, being just amazing. I know they're spending a lot of money on it, so it should, it, should look good um i just it's not something i'm clamoring for is my issue i'm just kind of lord of the ring fatigued um from the three hobbit movies that peter jackson did so it's just hard after that to get like fist pumpingly excited for more stuff in the lord of the rings universe but yeah that being said i i'm excited i think they promised more helms deep in this cartoon in the article i read mm-hmm. that they're going to revisit that stuff i think seeing like battles animated and just all that kind of stuff. I, I think this could be really fucking cool. I, I have a lot of high hope for this. I'm excited to hear some voice cast announcements. I'm excited to see, you know, just a little bit of a taste of what the animation is going to look like. And I think this could be really well done and really neat. I think this could end up being a way better prequel than the Hobbit movies. We get the first trailer and it starts and you hear this. Oh, I know. <laughs> All right, Jake, with thoughts. Jake, thoughts. No, I would be very disappointed. No, like, I would, I, personally, I would watch, like, if In the Heights was animated, I might watch it. Yeah, I could see that. I'm I kidding. I wouldn't, fuck it, I'm not watching it. I don't care if it's animated. I don't care if somebody's doing In the Heights with shadow puppets on my goddamn wall, Jake. I'm not watching that. I mean, you that. loved Moana, and I don't see much of a... In the Heights really did remind me of a live action like Disney musical. I'm, I'm, you know what? I, you brought it back up. I know, I know I did, sir. <laughs> I, I know I did. I know I did. I know I did. Yeah. There's, well, the, I wanted to let it die. I, yeah. And then I had to bring it awake again, just like that movie we saw with Gina Rodriguez. <laughs> oh no. Uh, I hope I don't go crazy because I haven't slept for four days. <laughs> um I I'll take anything new, Lord of the Rings. Um you know, of course I don't want it to be bad. I don't want it to be, you know, like I mean, yeah, I think the Hobbit left a bad taste in a lot of people's mouths, but man, I love the world that Tolkien created. And uh I would love to see I man, I, I just want to see I want to see more of this world, I want to see more stories. I, I do feel a little bit more comfortable. I do feel a little bit more like, yeah, like this animated series could be better than the the Amazon series. I am worried about that. But I at the end of the day, it's like I 
Uh, I mean, people are excited about Game of Thrones coming back, and I think that that left that left a, a bad taste in a lot of people's mouths after the fucking last season. And um, you know, it, yeah, the, the Hobbit movies weren't great, but man, I mean, at least at least we got that. I'm also not excited about more Game of Thrones stuff either. Okay, okay, but there's a lot of people that are, and I mean, fucking, there are a lot of people that are excited about it. And, yeah, yeah. And uh, what's that, Stephanie? I am. I'm one of those people. You're, you're excited. Um, yeah, you want more. And <laughs> I don't know. I do feel more comfortable with um, with uh, with with an animated Lord of the Rings kind of uh, a series. Uh, uh, excuse me, a, a movie coming out and hitting the box office than I am. I am. I am very. I'm trepidatious. I'm very worried about a live action Amazon Lord of the Rings. And like what they're gonna do with that whole world, and uh, but uh, yeah, this 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 got me excited, man. Uh, fucking Helm's Deep, fucking more more Rohan. I you know, God, let me dive back into that world. I I loved those are those those movies. I always try to make time every year to watch the extended versions of uh, of of Lord of the Rings. I love watching those i jake i haven't revisited the hobbit film since they first came out man so uh those i actually are, prefer the theatrical cuts of lord of the rings too i like the extended i'm a big fan of the extended man there's there's i i want i want to watch it all i love the extended uh, especially I, I didn't think it added much and I, i'm just a big fan of making making the hard choices making the hard cuts uh, those movies are long enough already they don't feel long i, I think the extendeds make them feel long yeah i disagree with you man i love watching the extended cut especially for return of the king we get more christopher lee i think that that scene fits beautifully with that movie but there's also scenes in the uh in, in the in the first two movies that i like to watch as well um, i will concede that the christopher lee stuff was the best thing the extended did. Um, they did shortchange him being the main villain of two movies and then completely left out of the third movie. I, I will concede that that was a bad cut. I've just, I've watched the extended versions more than I've watched the, the, the theatrical. So it's like when I go back to watch the theatrical cuts, I feel like I'm missing things. That's just me though. So, um, uh, Matt, are you looking forward to an animated Lord of the Rings movie? Yeah, and more Lord of the Rings is always good. Um, more in that world, I'm, I'll be very interested to, to see who the voice cast is going to be for this. Um, but yeah, I mean, providing they're not going to try and you know wreck on anything from you know to, to change the what we've already know, then yeah. I'm, I'm more than happy to have it. Yeah, yeah. Stephanie, are you a fan of Lord of the Rings? Uh, yeah, I'm a big fan of the Lord of the Rings. Um, my fear with this is that um, I, I, I fall into the category of thinking that they kind of already beat this world to death. Um, and so, obviously, the original trilogy was great, and then the Hobbit movies, I thought, were pretty bad. And I feel like they've already had, like, a second swipe at the apple, and it, it bombed. And so, like, I feel like, for me, third strike and you're out. Like, if it's not going to be good, then I don't want to really hear anything for a while. I think you can, I think, Stephanie, I'm going to disagree with you here. I I honestly feel like this world is just as expansive as Star Wars. I, 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 I really do. I feel like Tolkien has built this world. It's so expansive, and I feel like it's just as large as Star Wars. 
I think, as long as they don't make the same mistake as they made with Star Wars. That, no, well, hold on. You can make you can make bad Star Wars, and we've seen we've seen bad Star Wars, and we've seen bad Lord of the Rings. We've seen bad Middle Earth. We've seen, mm-hmm. but we've also come out of Star Wars seeing the Mandalorian. Okay, yeah. I mean, there, I think that there, I think that this world is so expansive that if you get the right people involved in this, like if 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 they can find the fucking Dave Filoni and the John Favreaus that are gonna do, do justice to to Lord of the Rings, whether it be in this animated movie or whether it be in the TV series, if you can get the right people that are passionate about this, man, I think that this this world is so expansive. I don't think they've beat this world to death. I think that this is an open world where there's so many different stories to tell. I know that we've seen I, like I the, agree. Thank I, you. 100%. I, I'd like I to see an interesting female character introduced, though. That's the one thing the franchise has just completely fell on its face and failed to do. I think that like, Peter I, Jackson tried to do that in the original movies. He gave a lot more to the female characters. Liv Tyler, and then the 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 one uh, the the he almost made it worse, though. He almost made it worse with like, the romance. With the romance, I get it because that's not that's not a part of the book with uh, with Aragon and it just made her seem weak. Like I. I that's one thing I hope from the Amazon series. Like, it, you don't have to be so, like, tethered to the source material. I, I think enough time has passed, and you can create scenarios and stories in this universe that didn't actually happen in a book. And I think it'll be better for it. Oh, yeah. I don't think that they need to be beholden to the book. I think that they can loosely base this on some of the things that happen in the Silmarillion. Same thing. Animated version, the Amazon version, it doesn't matter. But I think the world is so expansive that there's so many different to- stories that they can tell within this world. Just like, you know, it's, it, that's like saying like, oh, we've, we've come to the end of Batman movies because we've told every story of Batman or, We've come to the end of, you know, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. We've told every story. I I think all of, like, Marvel, DC, Star Wars, fucking uh, Lord of the Rings. I think that these are, these are huge, huge, expansive stories that I think that if you get the right people involved and the people that understand the world, that understand how to write characters in this world, man, I, I dude, I think the sky is the fucking limit with Middle Earth, man. I really do. I do. I, 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 I actually agree. I just think they need to I- expand and not just yeah. reinterpret over and over. So my worry is always that, that fan service and familiar stories, as far as executives at, at production companies are yeah. concerned, and sells makes money, and it doesn't. It, that's what that's the, the redundancy of it. That doesn't make money. Giving us an expanded universe and new stories is what will make you money over the long run. And that's what yeah, the Mandalorian like has. Wars, the Mandalorian, yeah. for the especially season Absolutely. one, season one Absolutely. proved that. Yeah, but they 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 learned their mistake from from the the failure that was the sequel trilogy, and now they've changed that up and gone right. Let's let's step away from Skywalker's and that and that works as long as the other studios have taken that on board and gone right. We don't need to tell the story about fucking hobbits and about the ring. We yeah. can do something else in the same universe. I'm all for it, but my uh, worry dude, is always executives are twats. They don't even need to sniff the Shire. No, they don't. No, they don't. They don't. That world is so huge, man. It is so open that they, I mean, there are so many stories to be told in that fucking world. Um, 
go ahead, Stephanie. I don't, yeah, I don't disagree that the world is expansive and there's, you can touch, you can, you can create, you know, dozens of stories from the world, but I feel like for me, with the original trilogy being so good, the Hobbit being, I call it bad, I, I, you're, I, I guess like don't take advantage of my, of my love for this entity. Yeah. Without like trying to do good. Like if you keep giving me bad, then I'm going to lose faith that you're going to give me anything good. I'm not going to give you unlimited chances, I guess is what I'm saying. So like do it right. Yeah. Don't bother doing it at all. Absolutely. I, I, and I 100% agree with you. I just want them to pull a Mandalorian. That's what I want them to do. Cause I think that you can pull a Mandalorian in this world, uh, that Tolkien created, man. There's so many fucking, there's so many, there's so many different creatures and, and worlds that they could have fucking explore, uh, within Middle Earth that, that I think, I think if you get the right people behind this, that, that's what I'm worried about, Jake, is just like, what's going on in the fucking writer's room for this Amazon Lord of the Rings? Like, what, what's going on there? Are they, are they, are they, is it just like getting, you know, like, are we going to play the greatest hits? Like, you know, like with Star Wars, it's like, oh, how can we inject like another Darth Vader scene? Or how can we like, you know, tie this in with the the Sith or or this or that? And it's like, man, the Mandalorian. Yeah, the, that Mandalorian. Yeah, just resist that bullshit. There's so many. There's Dude, we're talking about a world with uh magic and, and and wizards and creatures and even fucking the forest coming to life like anything is possible or goblins anything's possible i mean god you go into the fucking the mines of moria and like all the different fucking creatures that are in there man this whole world is almost if you want to make this dungeons and dragons you could in a way like i feel like you know I feel like... Oh, yeah. Dungeons and Dragons has already kind of did that. Like, in, it wouldn't yes. exist without Lord of the Rings. Exactly. Exactly. It's like... it. It's taking a page out of Lord of the Rings and then turning it into, like, this, you know, role-playing game that where, where people can become these characters and stuff like that. It's all inspired by... I feel like it's all inspired by Lord of the Rings and... And, uh, yeah, don't fuck with the granddaddy Lord of the Rings, man. Just, just give us a great... And it... I understand what you're saying, Stephanie, that we've already seen it. Like, we've already seen, like, the big battle take place, right? Like, the end right. of this whole thing. But I think yeah. there's, I think there's more stories to be told in this world. I agree. I agree. I think it's very, um, on a side note, I, I'm very excited for Amazon's Wheel of Time. And I think it's very strange that both these things are being developed at once. Like, it, Wheel of Time is very much also wouldn't exist without Lord of the Rings, but, much like Game of Thrones, I kind of find it a more modern, superior story to Lord of the Rings. And I, I really hope that Amazon doesn't drop the ball on that and they do a really faithful, great adaptation of Wheel of Time. Because I, I really think it could go gangbusters if they do it well. I would love to see Amazon do a Wheel of Fortune, uh, the game show, Jay. Oh, yeah. I don't think it needs any more expansion, right? I think they've done all they can do. Oh my God. Is Patch Sajak still doing that show? Is that still on? Yeah, he's yeah. still doing it. There was a pretty viral clip that happened in the last couple <laughs> months where um, the person thought the puzzle was bitches in the future, is what he answered <laughs> on TV. And the answer was actually Bitcoin is the future. <laughs> yeah, and it's worth looking up on YouTube because Pat Sajak's reaction to it. Like, he's basically like, all right, everyone, show's over. <laughs> That's fucking great. Let's move on into Marvel news. 
Uh, are we buying this story from Illuminati Black Panther 2? Tinoc Huerta is... what I'm not buying is, is no Marvel news bumper. All right. Jesus Christ. <laughs> news all right you happy jake you got your way yes so i was stuck in middle earth i needed that to bring me out i felt like you were like 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 we're in the grocery store and you saw like the box of fucking fruity pebbles and it's got the (laughs) fucking prize in it and you were like i want that and i was like no and i said no and then you stomped your feet and shit and made a big fucking scene and you know what me being a fucking bad parent i gave into your fucking bullshit (laughs) i want the marvel bumper again God damn it! (laughs) You're going to bed with no supper, you son of a bitch. Somebody, somebody, somebody's not eating tonight. I'm sorry. I'm I'm now out of Middle Earth and ready to talk Marvel. All right. Are we buying the story from the Illuminati? Black Panther two. Tinoc Huerta is Namor. And intriguing Atlantean supporting cast reveal. This was an exclusive. And they're saying that Narcos star Tina Huerta has joined the cast as an unknown villain. They're saying he's going to be Namor the Submariner. And, uh, yeah. Uh, they're basically like the only outlet that is reporting this. Other outlets that are reporting this are like, we got this covered. And then some maybe Screen Rant is saying that Illuminati is saying this, but this is not a deadline report. This is not Variety. This is not Entertainment Weekly. This is not, you know, THR. Are we buying that we are 100% getting Namor as the villain of Black Panther 2? Is this happening? And did Illuminati break this story? I think it is happening. I think this is one of those rare times that one of these offbeat sites, I, I mean, because I think that's what these sites need to do is get the legit news, use their spies, use their drones, and break something before the de- the deadline the variety i mean because those when those sources do something it's a very calculated move like they're usually in work or cahoots with the studio to release the news to make it official so it's a tough market out there for the uh we got this coverage of the universe and uh i think they do want to have that legit story every now and again and i think this might be one well, uh, POC Culture revealed that Black Panther 2 was looking to cast one Mayan woman called Zayana and one Mayan man called Cadmail. They also reported that the casting call indicates that all actors of North and South American indi- indigenous backgrounds will be considered for the roles. Uh, it goes on to say, we at the Illuminati can reveal that the two Mayan warriors that Black Panther 2 has been looking to cast are important characters in Namor and Atlantean lore. Uh, Zayanya is a code name for Namora, Namor's cousin, while Cadmel is the code name for Atuma, an Atlantean warlord. So that's the... I thought his cousin was like Namorita. She's a pretty famous character. Am I wrong about that? Who do we got? Who do we got going to Google first? Are we going? Who's who's doing it? Who's typing? 
Namor. Yeah, yeah, he's right. Namor. Yeah, Namorita. Well, they they got name. I got Namora. Namor's cousin. It's a yeah, because Namora. Namorita Prentice. Oh, I got Namorita here as well. Namorita's mother, Namora, was the first cousin of Namor, and like Namor, was a hybrid with superhuman strength and. Yeah, Namorita. Okay, so she's the daughter of the one that's in the movie. That's what you're saying. Okay. So we're both right. Okay. Yeah, I'm calling bullshit on this Illuminati. I don't know. I have no idea. Um, I mean, it very well could be bullshit, but I, this is just one of those things like where it's not so outlandish. Like the sure. more outlandish these stories are, the harder they are to believe. But this is rooted in enough stuff, I believe, that... I tend to believe it. Well, I mean, it's not out of the realm of possibility that Namor is going to be the main villain on this one, right? Yeah. I guess the is it correct or not is the casting, right? Yeah, that's true. That's true. I mean, we've always kind of thought that Namor might be the villain in this next movie. And, like, especially with um, with uh, Wakanda not having a, uh, a king by uh, going into the second movie, um, it might be the perfect time for... You know, uh, Namor and the Atlanteans to strike. Is that a villain that will be just specific to the Black Panther storyline, or could it bleed into other MCU films? I'm not familiar with the. It definitely could bleed into other MCU films. I I don't think Namor is going to go away, Jake. No, I I want Namor to bleed into other MCU movies too. Yeah, I I hope it's. I hope they do a good job with the character because it's definitely a character that, like, I don't want it to be a one and done. I don't want the. I don't want the ego treatment. Oh, I don't want the ego treatment. I don't want the Malekith treatment. And, like, it's not like Namor, Namor is just specifically a villain in the comics as well. So. Yeah, very, very gray. Yeah. Matt, what do you think, man? Um, it could very well be a legit story. I mean, it, it's it, it's plausible because we, we obviously had that, the, the nugget of information dropped in Endgame with uh, the Earthquake under by Wakanda so yeah I mean it, it, it's just the speculation is the casting isn't it really yeah yeah we, it's a wait and see it's a wait and see yeah. I, I'm not familiar with the actor I never watched Narcos Mexico um, did no, any, anyone I mean, I never watched yeah. Narcos so Mm-mm. yeah I, I hear Narcos is a great fucking show though from all accounts. I've never heard a negative thing about it. I haven't either. <laughs> I've heard it's really fucking good. So that's a Netflix show, isn't it? Yes. That's one that I should start. There's a, there's a, there's a lot of shows, Jake, I think I should start. I've, Jake, I've never watched a single episode of Sons of Anarchy. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if I would like that or not. That's one of those shows that I always think about checking out. But I, I'm not sure it'd be my thing. I think the time has passed. Anybody on the podcast ever watched Sons of Anarchy? No. No, I tried watching the first episode and just couldn't sort of click with it. Hmm. Hmm. I do like I do like motorcycles. What was the name of that cartoon motorcycle? Was it Chopper? What was that? What was that? What was that? <laughs> Wasn't it a Hanna Barbera cartoon, Jake? Yeah, it was like a it was like a Scooby Doo thing, right? Hanna Barbera. <laughs> Motorcycle. Motorcycle. Motorcycle cartoon. It, Wheelie and the Chopper Bunch. There you go. I, the <laughs> Chopper Bunch. Had to play second fiddle to Wheelie. 
Uh, Matt, did you ever watch Wheelie and the Chopper Bunch? I did not. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious, you asked that question. Only one season for Wheelie and the Chopper Bunch. Jake, I would have never have guessed. Um, that surprises me. Didn't didn't Wheelie show up in the Laugh Olympics, Jake? Oh, I'm pretty sure. Wheelie's girlfriend <laughs> is pretty cute. Did any members of the Chopper Bunch show up in the Laugh? I don't. I don't even care, Jake. I, I really one don't. One of the Chopper Bunch <laughs> is like kind of a stoner type, type character, and one's like really mean. Like they all have really distinct personalities. Remember this? Yes, dude. I fucking I loved Wheelie and the Chopper Bunch. I was a huge fan of it. I also liked uh, what was the what was that shark that talked like Curly? Ja- Jabberjaw. I Jabberjaw. Earlier in this show, you brought up Jabberjaws earlier. I, at some point, I just like I forget what I compared it to, but just as the goofy, I think Orico. Oh, I think I you probably brought it up to me talking incessantly about bullshit. That <laughs> I'm a Jabberjaws. Such a blatant Scooby Doo ripoff, though. It was like he was the Scooby Doo, and all the. I'm pretty sure they even had a dude with a scarf. Like they had like a Fred, basically. It was not a scarf. It was an ascot. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, so, I'm so pretentious when it comes to my Hanna-Barbera cartoons. No, I appreciate it. You saved a bunch of uh, correction Tuesday tweets there. Um, uh, excuse me, but in, in episode 384, Jake referred to Fred's uh, <laughs> accessory as... A scarf, and it is an ascot. Guess what? You're an asshole. You're an asshole for fucking tweeting that to me. So that sounds like something Neil 1.0 would have said on Twitter. <laughs> Stop it! That is so mean. Oh, I love you, Neil. You're my number one. Oh, me too. Me too. Me too. I. Neil 2.0 is a great guy, but 1.0 was kind of sketchy. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Yeah, we. Uh, last thing in Marvel news is that Jabber I want Jabberjaw. So only one season. One season of Jabberjaws. What the fuck? Only 16 episodes. That explains why it was always the same damn episode every fucking time. <laughs> yeah. Matt, have you seen Jabberjaw? No. <laughs> okay, hold on, hold on. Have you ever seen Grape Ape? No. Oh my god! <laughs> Jake, I was a huge... How many seasons did Grape Ape run, Jake? I mean, I'm going to guess one at this point. Grape Ape. How many seasons? Jake, 17 seasons. I'm kidding. Uh, Once... <laughs> One season of Grape Ape. Also only 16 episodes. 16 episodes. And it wasn't just called Grape Ape. It was called The Great Grape Ape Show. Yeah, see that. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, hey, j- speaking of yeah. Jabberjaws, this is the episode where we've jumped the shark, isn't it, Jake? <laughs> <laughs> no, that, that's happened a long time ago. Long time ago. Long time ago. Matt, how 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 much fun are you having right now, dude? <laughs> a a- Buttload. <laughs> Matt's just Matt is just sitting. Matt is sitting back, waiting for us to ask him about another cartoon he never watched. How about Go Matt? Te- Matt, tell us a cartoon that you haven't thought about in forty years. 
Uh, I think about all cartoons all the time. <laughs> I don't know. Um, did you guys uh, not get any of the Hanna Barbera stuff? Like, had you? We not did. Really- we got. I mean, we we got um, Herculoids. Did you get Herculoids? No, I don't think we got Herculoids. Oh. We got uh, Wacky Races, Dusty Mutley, Captain Caveman. Oh yeah, those kind of ones. We didn't get like the, the Great Ape is something completely. Not- I've seen the character before, but I've never seen the show. Yeah, Blue Falcon and Dino Mutt. Uh, no, I don't think we ever oh, got that God. one. When they crossed over with fucking Scooby Doo Jake. Oh my oh, God. That was like the end game of our childhood. That was, it was like the end game of our childhood. <laughs> I was like, it doesn't get any better than this. <laughs> yeah, it does. Stop entertaining me. Stop. <laughs> 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 I, I, my, seriously, Jake, I think for, I think for like a week I was catatonic. <laughs> yeah. I remember Flintstones and the Jetsons being that way when that came out. <gasps> oh, oh my God, Jake! I want the best of both worlds, and I got it, man. I fucking got. I got Bam Bam, and I got Judy Jetson, and it was just oh my God. Oh yeah, all my fan fiction dreams came true that day. <laughs> Everything. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Yeah, we've jumped the shark, dude. This is shit. Um. <laughs> have, have we jumped Jabberjaw? <laughs> Oh my god! I think I think I think we need to. I think I think PCL is in need of a dire reboot. Like we need to have like new hosts. We can we can get like like the new Brian and the new Jake. <laughs> Brian and Jake two point Like the Illuminati can report. We've got details on the new hosts of PCL. <laughs> Neil number one is going to be the host. <laughs> yeah, maybe you're onto something. Maybe just like Neil 1.0 was kind of sketchy. Maybe Brian and Jake 1.0 need to retire. Yeah, yeah. We we need to bring in the new Duke boys, like the Dukes of Hazard did. You know what I mean? I agree. I agree. I don't know. Uh, I was going to read the possible plot details for Spider-Man No Way Home that leaked on 4chan. I won't read them if you're not interested. I mean, I'm interested, but for the sake of time, let's pretend I'm not. All right, fuck it then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but fuck it. Let's not do that one. They got, like, they, they've got two acts on here and shit. Man, I don't know. Are they, so they're not clear on a third act? Or they no, they've... It's a two-act story. It, well, it's um, a guy on 4chan, guy, girl, I don't know. They say, hello, everybody. I leaked information on Sony's plans here earlier, and I was asked to break down the plot. I originally worked with Marvel Studios in a a more minor capacity, but moved to work at Sony years ago. I have seen a rough cut of No Way Home that was roughly three hours and 20 minutes long. There was unfinished... They're going to cut it down, Jake. They Yeah, yeah. There was unfinished CGI and many animatics used to stand in for footage slated for additional photography. However, I have read the script, and even though much changed from that to filming, I can answer questions using that as a baseline for things that were not present in this cut. And uh says that the film opens with the immediate aftermath of the events of Far From Home. Peter as Spidey is on the run and ends up surrounded by SWAT and police helicopters atop the Statue of Liberty. 
Peter escapes using the helicopters to swing back to the city and hides out in the back of a feast truck, removing his mask in exhaustion as he rests on a pile of clothes he's sitting on. And um, then it gets into, I mean, it gets into J. Jonah Jameson being in this movie. Um, let me see if it's got anything about uh, Doc Ock. Oh, yeah. Strange appears in his astral form and tells Peter that there is a multiversal threat he's dealing with, with individuals being taken from their home worlds. He states that he brought Peter and his friends to the sanctum for safety from great threats from these worlds. When Strange leaves, Peter, Ned, and MJ explore the sanctum and come across a door which leads to a multiversal holding in which Strange is keeping multiverse stowaways. The CGI is unfinished here, but the script details multiple beings from across the Marvel Universe are among those shown, including Melina as Octavius and Fox as Electro. Ned engages with them, and they recount their deaths from their respective movies and claim to want fresh starts in the MCU. This resonates with Peter, who rashly decides to let them go. He is then attacked by Ock. When Strange appears to protect Peter, Electro attacks Strange, who holds back a continuous blast of lightning while Otto escapes. Electro redirects the lightning to the ceiling and follows Otto while Strange protects Ned and MJ from debris. Peter leaves the Santorum suited up and attempts to chase them. Can I I make comments before we move on? Well... Okay, I, if you don't want to hear oh, about if you if you don't want to hear about Rhino showing up in this movie, then yes. <laughs> oh, oh man, no. I, I felt bad for interrupting until you said that. Peter leaves. Peter leaves the Santorum suited up and attempts to chase them when Paul Giamatti's Rhino attacks. Fuck off! <laughs> Rampaging down the street, he attempts to take him down in a sequence that can only be described as a destructive bull ride and is almost at Rhino's mercy until a manhole cover crashes into him, knocking him over. Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man enters the fight and banters with Rhino and Peter before the two decide to use the Empire Strikes Back method together to take him down. The fuck out of here with this fan fiction. Uh, Even before that, that even before the Rhino stuff, I called bullshit. There's no way an exciting movie that's bringing all these characters together in the same universe is going to introduce them by having them all in the same room together, delivering a bunch of exposition the first time we see these characters again. Like that sounded like the most boring fan fiction shit I've ever heard of. Yeah, I'm not buying it. We're going to see these characters in action when we see them again for the first time. Not. Electro and Doc Ock and all these guys in a room. Yeah. Come on. Ock, here we go. Ock and Electro are shown entering an abandoned Oscorp facility and are met by Willem Dafoe's Norman Osborn. Osborn claims to be one of many who hold a grudge against Spider-Man for killing him. He recounts his death from Spider-Man and offers the villains not only a way to get revenge on their spiders, but a chance to stay in the MCU forever. Here, it's revealed that Otto is actually the tentacles taking control of Ock's consciousness while he was at the brink of death. Electro and Ock agree to Norman's plan and join forces with him. 
So who's the Tom Holland villain here? Shouldn't there be one for each Spider-Man? Well, uh, we do know that we see Vulture again in the Morbius trailer. Could Vulture be part of this story as well? Yeah, it's crazy that the worst Spider-Man gets two of the three villains. So, well, I think that they're I, they're trying to take like Willem Dafoe would be great to come. I hold on. First off, I think that this is all bullshit. But I think like if you're gonna take. You know, if you're going to take some of these villains out of these other universes, you definitely want the Willem Dafoe, Norman Osborn. Yeah, I like the idea of Doc Ock being a total monster at this point, too. I thought that I like that thought process that the tentacles have are just like revitalizing what's basically a carcass for pure evil means. I, I think that could be really scary and fun. But didn't he say like somebody like right at the brink of death, like rescues him out of the water. I don't know. I'd have to go back and read Oh, that. yeah, in the Molina stuff. Yeah, yeah. that's possible. I, yeah. yeah, I don't know. I just, I, I think it's, if the character's not going to be the main villain, then I think it's smart to make it just kind of this weapon of destruction that's being controlled by someone bigger, like a William Defoe. Yeah. If our listeners want to get this whole fucking thing, just send me an email, brian at uh, popcultureleftovers.com. I'll send you um, this whole breakdown of uh what this person's I think it's bullshit. And just, yeah, title it title your email uh Spider-Man No Way Home spoilers and then I'll I'll send this to you. But yeah, I think it's bullshit too. They're talking about uh, uh Lizard coming back from the Garfield universe too here. Get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> Garfield's right. lucky he got one villain. Terrible fan fiction. Let alone fucking Paul Giamatti. What the fuck? <laughs> I want to see Paul Giamatti come back as Rhino, dude. <laughs> I mean, for comedy purposes. Uh, I think we're gonna end it there. I mean, the only the thing in DC news is we got the Aquaman two title, The Lost Kingdom. Oh okay. yeah, I saw that. I saw that. A very very boring title. Do we know? I never saw Aquaman one, so does that allude to something we already? Know? I thought you watched Aquaman one. No, I've tried <laughs> to watch it like three times now. I think the farthest I made it was like thirty minutes one time. Matt, what, did you watch Aquaman? Yeah, I reviewed it on your show. <laughs> I was, I was off hey Matt, hey Matt, I've done three hundred and eighty-four of these, dude. I can't keep them straight, man. I apologize. I with you and Rebecca. All right. <laughs> what did you think? I can't remember. <laughs> I think I gave it a, a, a high taste it or a taste it because it was like the best that the DCEU had to offer. Dude, <laughs> that it was the only reason it was like a shining beacon with the rest of the shit that they were churning out. Yeah, man. I think I gave it a high taste it too, man. I, I had fun with it. It, it was just. It was it was it was just a fun fucking movie. I thought the the special effects were kind of shoddy at parts, but yeah, yeah, man. I, Jason Momoa was having fun with it, and yeah, yeah that, that was it. I think it was he made that movie. He really he did. Just, he's a charismatic guy, and he, yeah. he does pull it off. But yeah. so you, when you're writing DC films, you're you're kind of writing on a curve, aren't you? Anyway, so it doesn't really matter. It's true. That's so true, man. Like like. Um, it, like if you're coming off a fresh watch of uh you know uh this like suicide squad and then you watch aquaman you're like oh man aquaman's great <laughs> it's a masterpiece it's a masterpiece <laughs> i plan on watching it like the week before aquaman 2 comes out 
<laughs> oh man, that's all I got. Uh, I mean, you and McGregor, you and McGregor did talk about uh, the Obi Wan Kenobi series a little bit. He says he's got st- scenes with stormtroopers, and he said like it's the first time he was ever like in scenes with actual stormtroopers because in the previous movies that he did, it was it was. Uh, clone troopers it was like the clone army and then he also said he did scenes with jawas which i thought was did you uh did you watch cool. this interview i didn't watch the interview it was it was it with variety yeah and he actually did it it was him and pedro pascal talking to each other it's it's worth seeking out that's where all of this stormtrooper talk came from it's a it's a very fun interview they both kind of ooh and awe about like just how cool it is to like see actual stormtroopers on set and yeah. like just what it does to a person and to an actor to like actually have that happen and how it just like instantly puts you in that universe in a way that no, no matter how many scripts you've read or pre-production meetings you had, like having those real Star Wars like entities there on set with you just is like, oh, fuck. Did you know that it's fucking a, a great interview? Did you know that Camille Nanjiani is going to be in this fucking thing? Yes. I must have forgot that information, dude. Yeah, I, I don't know who he's gonna play, but that but that'll be fun. O'Shea Jackson Jr.'s in it too. Oh yeah, I, I knew that but forgot. He was great in uh straight out of Compton. Fuck I was listening to some Ice Cube last week, dude. Predator? I was listening to fucking uh that what's that pushing rhymes like weight song. Oh yeah, Predator is like his top to bottom. Like that's Ice Cube's dark side of the moon. Oh man, Ice man, he's he's fucking he, he. Oh my god, he's he's fucking. He, I think he's the best that actually came out of NWA. That's, Agreed. That's, that's a yeah. I, I think that's a good statement. I, it's it's him or Dre, right? Uh, of course, of course. I think I, I think I think Cube's a better lyricist. I do right? too. I think I think Cube's the better lyricist. Absolutely, dude. I tend to agree. I tend to agree. I was just trying to, I was doing the power rankings in my mind there. I think, I think, I think Dre has a great eye for talent. But I think, I think Cube is the better lyricist. When, when I was 15, Easy E was the winner though. Hands down. Those, yeah. those Easy yeah. E albums were, yeah, <laughs> seminal childhood classics. Merry Motherfucking Christmas was. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 As an adult, I recognize that it's Ice Cube, but right. Easy E was my favorite as a kid. I'm not gonna lie. All right, I think we're done. Yeah, I'm excited for that Obi Wan show and to hear more about it. That was a really fun interview. You should definitely seek that out. I'll yeah, check I think it out. It was put out by Variety, but it was fun that it was the two of them. I did. Yeah, I heard that it was the two of them. Yeah, yeah. I did. I did. I, I didn't see it though. I didn't. I didn't watch it. Yeah, that's cool. There was another really good interview that was this week that was Elizabeth Olsen and Kaylee Cuco interviewing yeah. each other. Um, information came out there. The big one was that WandaVision supposedly, to Elizabeth Olsen's knowledge, won't be having a second season. That was the headline that came out of that. But the whole interview is about 20 minutes long. And the two of them just going back and forth gushing about each other's most recent projects is is really fun. Oh yeah, she she did the uh, flight attendant. Yes, and, and Elizabeth Olsen just binged that and is gushing about it. Hugo just been binged Wandavision and is gushing about it, and they're both kind of fangirling out. Could, instead of saying Robert. gushing about it, can you say drip drip about it? Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> 
not opposed to imagining that. Oh my god, I, <laughs> Matt, Matt, I really want to thank you for coming back on the show, man. Oh, thank you for having me back on. It's been a blast. I love having you on. I know it's late for you there, man. So you're a fucking you are a stormtrooper, sir. It's all right. Three hours until I go to work. Oh awesome. Jesus Christ, dude! I feel terrible. No, no, no! Don't worry about it. It's 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 self-inflicted work. I'm, I'm we're, we're we're moving into our new house on Friday, so I'm still painting walls and fitting doors and doing stuff and yeah. So so I've got a I've got a deadline to meet. So it's fine. We've it, good. we just haven't had you on in so long, and I I really wanted to hear your thoughts on Loki. So I reached out to you, man. I'm glad that you came on, Stephanie. Love having you on. Oh, thanks. I love being on. Drip, drip. <laughs> I think she adopted that. Yep. Taking it on board. I feel like a proud parent. <laughs> you know what? Jake, before this episode started, I really felt as if we needed a couple of heroes. And those heroes. Stephanie and Matt. Matt and Stephanie. Matt and Stephanie. They came through. You guys came through. I'll take it. You'll take yep. it. Yeah. They drip, drip. They always take <laughs> it. There's <laughs> always a winner. <laughs> guys, we'll be back next week. Jake, what are we doing next week? What's going on next week? Uh, I, I'm brain farting. I feel like there's something big next week. Is this? A, oh, I'm going to be talking about Fate, Fate of the Furious. Furious. Fate of the Furious. I'll be talking about Fate of the Furious next week. Should I watch the Hitman's Bodyguard? I never saw the first one. Uh, I, I, dude, I don't, I don't know if I've ever seen the first one either. If I did, I, I wasn't a big fan because I don't remember anything about it. Yeah, that one really went under my radar. Like I, I didn't hear anything about it. I'm shocked it's getting a sequel. I mean, I like Ryan Reynolds and uh, Samuel L. Jackson. Ooh, here we go. Next week. Uh, I'll be going to the theater and watching the movie Twelve Mighty Orphans with uh, is it, is it, who's who's Owen Wilson's brother? Is that Luke Evans? Yeah, yeah. Owen, Luke, Luke Wilson. Wilson. Why would his brother be Luke Evans? <laughs> yeah, why? <laughs> yeah. That was Chris Evans' brother. I thought it was Bob Evans' brother, the the the, the restaurant tour, Jake. He makes a mean breakfast. <laughs> he makes he makes a mean chicken pot pie here. Um, <laughs> um, Twelve Mighty Orphans. I'll be going to see that in the theater. Uh, oh, dude, I'll bring all my orphan jokes. There's an it looks like an I think it's an anime on uh, Netflix called Record of Ragnarok that looks interesting. Uh, physical uh, new series on Apple TV Plus. Fatherhood on Netflix. Siberia looks like it's a movie in the theater that I may or may not watch. Dave season two starts next week. Jake, did you ever watch Dave season one? No. Get on that shit, dude. All right, all right. Get on. Sounds like a bit of a bummer. I should check out Dave. Dave is fantastic. And then, uh, if you guys enjoyed the movie Blind Spotting, there's a Blind Spotting series hitting stars. So I'll be watching that on Stars, but yeah, that looks like it's uh, what I got so far for next week. But yeah, Matt, Stephanie, thank you so much. Thank you, Matt. Are you? Are you? Thank you. I had a blast. Have you joined? 
have you joined uh, the the uh, the brute force and ignorance guys lately? Are you coming back to that? Uh, I'm. We're, we're recording tomorrow. You're recording so, tomorrow. Fantastic. Brute force and ignorance. We are back. We're just trying to trying to work everything out around everyone's different schedules going on so there you go yeah brute force and ignorance of dungeons and dragons podcast dan west uh frank hammer uh jacob harman uh eric marable matt kirby uh jay rivero am i missing anyone no you got them all i was i was waiting i was like oh man someone's gonna be like damn <laughs> no i'm not gonna leave anybody out i, thought I was gonna get left out to be honest fuck no you're on the goddamn podcast <laughs> <laughs> that, would, that would be harsh. And then uh, Stephanie from popcultureleftovers.com. I always appre- I appreciate everyone who writes articles for the, uh, our website. You guys do a fantastic job. So thank you so much, Stephanie. Of course. I'm happy to do it. All right. We're going to end this thing. We're going to end it. All right, guys. Just like all good leftovers say on their doggy bags. See you next week. Later, <laughs> Thanks for listening to Pop Culture Leftovers. Congratulations. I don't know how you did it. I couldn't do it. You people need a T-shirt saying, I just listened to two hours of nonsensical crap. Anyway, if you'd like to reach the Pop Culture Leftovers cast, you can email them at comments at popcultureleftovers.com. You can also follow them on Twitter at PC Leftovers or like their Facebook page. They'd love to hear from you. They're all pretty sad and lonely. One of them is homeless. But I didn't say that. There's already like 7 million podcasts Talking about pop culture and all that Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat But it's all been done before We don't want to be a copycat We're the leftovers picking up the scraps Dropped by the cool kids it, it, It's a trap! Toss it, good and Do we love it? Hey, let's make it clean. Erase it, let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carry over, counterculture push over. Pop culture leftovers. And we uncool kids. What's to say's already been said. Leftovers. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing. That is pop culture leftovers. Podcasts that are original and good. I've already been done before, so we should Separate the wheat from the shaft And we're the shaft of crap, even though we're the shit We're the leftovers picking up the scraps Dropped by the cool kids It's a trap Good and toss it, good and Do we love it? Hey, let's fix it, can't embrace it Let's embrace the Tupperware party Subculture spill over like a vulture Carry over, counterculture push over Pop culture Leftovers And with the uncool kids What's to say's already been said Pretty sure that the only talent Is the band that's singing this Pop culture leftovers Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, can't erase it, let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over, counterculture push over, pop culture. Leftovers. And we're the uncool kids, 